Woo boy. Is it a good one tonight? It's Hotline League episode 165, and it's going to be great because we've officially entered what is not called the spring playoffs, but is called midseason showdown, which is somewhat confusing because there's something called midseason invitational. I'll be honest, you know, I don't want to throw, throw any shade, but it is a little confusing. It's a little MSS confusing. and MSI kind of, yeah. you know. A little bit, yeah. Anyway, uh, I'm going to introduce my constant co-host here in a second, as well as our guest. But first, I want to give a shout out to Alienware, whom I love, and Gamefield, whom I also love. And I'm back on the, the cherry. I hadn't had a charged cherry burst in a while, and it's my favorite flavor, and it's, uh, it's just so nice. I'm on the charged watermelon shock. There you go. A lot of ions in We're both bitches. charging, yeah. Anyway, my constant co-host is here, Mark Zimmerman. How's it going, Mark? Uh, going good. I am. I uh, just I watched a movie. I'm hanging out, loving life. Uh, predicted both series right this weekend, even though, you know, that probably wasn't that hard to do, honestly. Oh, good uh, job, man. Yeah, thanks. You know, I mean, a lot of people thought TSM were going to win. A lot of people are idiots. Oh, okay. Well, I guess we'll talk about that soon, and maybe some <laughs> folks could call in. Uh, next, we have King of Nepotism himself, Anero. How's it going, Anero? Going good, man. How are you? Very good. Uh, you are in a very fancy setup, and I, I just want to say I appreciate it. It looks really good. Thanks, man. Yeah. Made it myself. How <laughs> you quilted or you you knitted the the yeah. backdrop for you? Did, yeah, you, did you harvest the materials as well, or did you buy those at market? It's Valheim or what, man? <laughs> yeah, I just went out, harvested a little bit. Spent hours at it. Yeah. You know. <laughs> hours. <laughs> anyway, um, how how you been, Anero? I've been all right. It's been a while since I've been on here. Yes. Like a whole new team now, but I've been all right. How, uh, so so what what is going on with you right now? Are you guys just all on a break? Because obviously, unfortunately, the team didn't make MSS. Or is that a, or you, you guys have work that you have to do? Uh, I'm on like a one week break right now. Um, started up, was it like Tuesday? So everything was done. Um, then I'm back. I'm going to be doing work with Academy and the other guys for a little bit. Not really like a uh, full break really at all. Okay. After, uh, you chose, after me and the coaches. You chose to come on here for, with your one week off. And Travis asked me if I wanted to. I was like, sure, man. Yeah, I was surprised because I, I knew he was no. traveling, um, and yet he still made time for it during... I, I think I opened up the conversation with, can you yeah. come on, or maybe you can't because you're traveling. He's like, no, I can do it. I was like, oh, wow. No, okay. I'm good. Yeah. I don't mind, dude. Well, it's like two hours out of my life. I think... I'll live. I also want to say, fine. I think I asked you before the drama started, or at least I might have asked you... Like when it had just because started, because the drama started, it was not. It was not because of, is what my point is. Oh, so. Of course, when Travis sees anyone get mentioned on Twitter immediately in their DMs. Do you want to talk about it on Hotline Lee? Do you yeah. call? Would you like to call me? Yes. Well, do I do an interview about it? Maybe I cover the space. You know, Jesus. I'm just doing my job. This is what I do. We all have to do our yeah. jobs. Um, I forgot to do this last week. And so I'm going to do it again this week. It has been, I want to say, seven weeks since I reached out to Riot and they refused to comment on the import rule conversation. So we're just keeping the count going. I apologize that I missed last week, but we'll keep it going. Um, nice. Anyway, uh, other than that, you know, nobody ever asked me how my week has been. So I'm just going to say, 
Uh, it's been pretty okay. Not great, not terrible. And uh, right now, Kobe is ordering me dinner, which I will t eat to the side of the camera, much to Mark's chagrin. And it's gonna be it's gonna be a great show. You wonder why no one asks you how your week has been. You literally just said nothing happened, and you ordered food. So yep. why we don't ask you how your week? I've been playing been. a lot of Legends of Runeterra again because the new expansion came out, and uh, I really enjoy it. I got an emulator for Game Boy Advance. I'm playing Final Fantasy Tactics Advance, and I also had this jank. I think I told you before, Chad. I had this jank program that I used to like make real songs into 8-bit versions, and I've been listening to those while I play it. Listen to. I don't some think you did My, tell me this. My Chemical Romance, the 8-bit uh, version. Wait, how long? When did you? When would you have told me this? Because I don't remember this at all. I've been doing it for this for like years. I have like this slowly growing collection of 8-bit tunes chip tunes or whatever they're called. I don't know. Wow. Okay. Well, maybe I'll stream it one time so you can understand what the fuck I'm talking about. And Arrow, are you playing anything? Yeah. Not really. No. Okay. I'm going to like play anything. I think I'm just playing League. I played Valheim for a little bit, but yeah, I not really touched it much since. Too, too I much have running. played a lot of Valheim. Uh, Kelby and Julie, who are in the chat, both of them have been pushing me to play more Valheim than I think I normally want to. Like, I have to, because I it's have the game. server. It's pretty fun. I have the server, and so they need me to turn it on so that we can accomplish the things. I enjoy it a lot, but they want to play for like these eight-hour ma uh, marathon sessions on the weekends, and so I'll just have it on while I'm watching yeah. the games, and they'll be doing stuff. And well, I was gonna say, don't you have enough computers? You can just make one like the dedicated server. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know the, the what would go into making a dedicated server. Um, turn your computer on, never turn it off, run the program. I guess theoretically I could run it on the, the Alienware behind me. Um, but Alienware behind me. Nice. Yeah. Well, it's, As it's opposed a, to the Alienware in my closet or the Alienware well, in front of I, me. There's an, the, I, the one that I'm you using right now is in front me. of me. I like the branding. It's but we good. have an editing one behind me. Well, I can check my Alienware in my living room. As opposed to the Alienware I'm on right now. So just saying, like, you got to go get in your car. Like, yeah, so I got to go get in my Ford Fiesta. <laughs> so interesting. You really nice. mastered the branding, Travis. Good job. Anyway. Proud of you. Let's 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 talk about what happened this week. So what are the, the big stories, Mark? Uh, uh, I guess it's mostly playoffs, right? Yeah. yeah. I, we were looking at, at – uh... Uh, the subreddit today for the dive. I don't think there's anything that juicy, or at least things that most of us don't really want to touch. Yeah. Um, there was obviously, uh, we'll probably get a call, or at least we'll talk about some of the Twitter drama. Um, yeah, probably. Then, uh, probably. <laughs> I'll bring it up. <laughs> no, that's fine. Uh, Me and Dom talked. I'm chill with them. I don't mind, dude. Oh, you guys are uh, chill? Yeah, I mean, I had right. no issue well, with Dom. It was great having you on the show, Anero. I, I think right, we're good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that sounds good. Yeah. Um, no. Uh, Epic Skillshot became an official VOD distributor for the LCS. Probably not much of a call that needs to be done, but I just want to uh, say shout out to Riot for doing something like that. It feels very community-driven. Oh, I will also say thank you to Riot because last week I made a passive-aggressive um, little baby tweet where I was like, hey, Aggressive please use my interview. And Mark and Kobe both told me that they thought it was a little over the top. And uh, they used it. They used it. And I, and I thought it was, you. yeah, they, they didn't even need to credit me. I wouldn't, I would have been fine, but I was happy to see that they, they did that because fun interview 
that I think really added to the, the matchup. So I, I thought that was pretty cool. So thank you to Riot for doing that, um, and shout out to them. I can't tell if Kelsey Moser's being ironic in the chat, or sarcastic when she says, I would like to hear takes about how Ryoma and DeMonte are irrelevant to 100 Thieves' performance. Thanks, guys. Oh, yeah, we'll probably get 100 Thieves' calls since I know about that team internally, I guess. You, uh, you have some history with them, you could say? No, not at all. Literally never worked with any of them at all. Uh, yeah, I think that, that'll probably be the big topics. I mean, obviously, we'll, we'll talk yeah. about C9 and TL winning, but I think given that they were expected to be 1-2 in the scene anyways, I would expect that there is more conversation around the lost, the teams that lost, as well as the matchups that are actually happening this weekend, because those two teams are off. Are we week, okay? So. I want to ask you guys a question. And Mark, I know like your job is to hype up the matches, but like, I just really I have a hard time getting excited about the matches this weekend because it just it's it would be a shocker if TSM loses to EG. I think most people would. I think you know all the analysts and everybody are going to predict TSM. And mm-hmm. then uh, the Dig Hundred Thieves match, like, it's mildly interesting, but nobody I think really expects that team to then like make a long run. So it just, it's, it's tough for me. Cause it's like, I looked at the schedule and I'm like, wow, we don't have TL and C9 until April. <laughs> just, it feels like it's so long. I mean, it's, get, it's, like, it's, yeah, it's, it's two weeks, but you made it sound like it's April, like months away. Um, I think, uh, I'm excited for the games this weekend. I think there's a, a realistic chance for, for EG to upset, um, uh, more realistic of a chance, I would still say TSM is probably a, a pretty big favorite, but it's a more realistic chance of an upset than 100 Thieves over C9 this weekend. I thought that series was fucking boring, yeah. being honest. I mean, uh, so I think that one's a closer matchup. And then I think, again, while 100 Thieves is a should be a, I, I mean, I think they're a favorite over Dignitas, it's at least like a pretty crazy storyline if they did lose. Um, and I, I'm more invested in in that, so I, I think this weekend's still pretty. Really, good. I kind of feel like the. I mean, Hundred T's stock has been falling so much lately that like, I would not be surprised to see Dig take that. Right, but I'm saying that would be interesting to me. Oh, I'd be like, oh my god, like because it is falling. But like, if they go out in fifth, sixth place with this roster that's supposed to be like challenging at the top, I think that's a that's a pretty big story. Um. Maybe they should have hired more OCE coaches. Uh, the Go thing the that up, that it, the thing <laughs> so stupid, man. The thing that's interesting too, I I think for me this weekend is only interesting in a world where like TSM loses, because other than that, it's like I feel like that second match could go either way, and I don't know. I mean, the hundred thieves dig thing. It's still going to be interesting if like dig one, but yeah, I guess well, you just don't care because you don't think any of them are going to like actually. Well, that yeah, I just I also just don't think it is that interesting if Dig wins. Like hundred teams. He's like, how many views will I get in this winner's interview? Well, then I don't care about this team, unless yeah. it's like maybe Afro or Dardock, But he's going to get fake God and Travis. And I'm going to know how to interview him. And then look, if I thought yeah. Dig was going to like make some miracle run and make it to the finals, or like I thought there was a chance of that, I don't. I care less about the views. I care more about like what's going to end up happening. But it feels like this weekend is, again, unless there's some crazy upset in the the EG TSM match. It feels like this weekend is just sort of like a, we have to check these boxes to get back into like the hype shit. So I don't know. I think these matches are less predetermined than you're giving them credit for. Well, Hey, uh, callers, if you think I'm wrong or you agree with me or whatever, feel free to put those takes in. Cause I think it, 
it's a fun discussion to have ahead of this weekend. Like, is this weekend actually going to be hyper interesting? Is there a big world where, uh, I don't know, Hanser in the chat trolling an arrow? Wow. Um, so shocked that Hanser would do that. He's yeah. never been known for that type of thing. Uh, other, <laughs> other than that, I think I think we're probably ready for some calls. Um, I think there's some interesting stuff we can uh, people can talk to Anero about. Not just the coaching drama, but maybe the Golden Guardian situation. Obviously, the team did not do too great, so maybe there's some calls about that. I mean, um, we can ask Anero. Would you rather us get a random on here to accuse you of nepotism, or would you rather I do it? Ah, that's fine, dude. <laughs> If you want to talk about it, I'm totally fine. Well, well, let's just see if we get any callers about it. And if not, maybe halfway okay. through we can we can talk. Okay. About it. Yeah. Uh, all right. So if you haven't seen the show before, this is a live call-in show. I'm spamming uh, Twitch chat with the Discord link. Uh, go ahead, click that, join up when you get here. Uh, join the pleb calls or pleb calls to voice channels. You can mute yourself once you're in there. No mouth breathers, please. And then go ahead and post your topics that you want to cover in the text channel above pleb topics. Uh, you know, you think that uh, 100 Thieves is for sure going to win. You're not worried about Dignitas or whatever it is. Put your take in there. If I like it, I'll pull you into the waiting room where you will hang out until it's your turn to go on air. We'll do a quick mic check, make sure everything sounds good, and then we'll pull you into the on-air room to discuss with us. And if you are a sub, first off, thank you for being a sub. Uh, trying to climb our way back every week to 1,000 subscribers. Uh, and we're at 988, by the way. Uh, but if you are sub, make sure that you sync your Discord with your Twitch account so that you can get access to the subtopics chat, which moves a little slower. Doesn't guarantee you a spot, but it perhaps gives you a bit of an advantage and also just a nice way for us to show appreciation to the subs. Um, other than that, I guess maybe while Mark is pulling some folks, I'm going to shout out some subs. Thank you to The Scoop, Easy Stay Safe, uh, Robtron, uh, community streams, Backfire, Caruse44, Xyosh, Purple Ray Q, Cruelis, uh, Kelby is in the chat and gifted us. Oh, oh, here's a great thing we forgot. First pro all team came, or all, oh all yes, pro all pro. Yes, I love all pro discussions. Someone in the chat in Discord had one, had one, but I, I totally forgot about it. So yeah, thank uh, you. That's another call out. Smilsap, Whoopley, and uh, the Slatherpuss. Uh, thank you, everybody. Uh, Smilsap at 37 months. Thank you. Um, by the way, Mark, are any of the takes for All Pro about third-party media? Um, no, but I think we can just lump that into the like because it's always like this person didn't deserve this. And remind then, remind know. me because I've been I've been doing a little bit of investigation uh, on that. <laughs> a little bit of googling. No, no, no. I actually I if did. You don't have um, to grow. And change your facial hair and your look to do your investigation. You're not investigating. No, you're researching. I, it was it was a. Uh, I ran the numbers on what the t the first pro team would have been. Actually, I didn't run it. I worked with some people, including <laughs> Tim and somebody to to run it. But we ran the numbers on what it, the first all pro would look like without third party media. Spoilers. There's some oh. changes. Um, just because in in, I don't know if you ever you guys ever noticed this, but in the Reddit threads around all pro. There's always people complaining about third-party media. Mm -hmm. I kind of yeah. get it because sometimes you just see people that Jose Diodo number one. Yeah, like the it's just kind of a meme. That's just yeah. what it is, you know. And so I I get it. Like they tend to to vote in a perhaps a more haphazard way than some of the other folks. But I think it's interesting to talk about what the implications of that can be. So, um, anyway, uh, where are we? 
Uh, I'm going to go get a caller. Is that yeah, what I'm going to do? Okay. Let's do it. Uh, a bunch of people are currently in the waiting room muted. I would appreciate some of the people. Un unmute if you're in the waiting room. You knew. Or not. Undefined, I should say. You can, you can be muted. Uh, yeah, yeah undefined. Okay, Mark is grabbing uh, somebody. Thank you, Eugene. Eugene, for the nine months, really appreciate it. And yeah, it was it was Tim and uh, Jordan who helped me with that. Uh, it looks like our first caller is here, Tulip Queen. Tulip Queen, where are you calling from? Uh, Des Moines, Iowa. That's not the voice I expected. Yeah, no, I, I was <laughs> not going to say it. Anyway, uh, so Tulip, uh, what do you want to talk about on the show? Tulip? Uh, just want to... Oh, sh sorry. I had it on... Okay. Uh, want to talk about EG uh, beating uh, TSM this weekend. think impact playoff buff is just going to be huge. think he's going to slaughter Huni more than Alfari did in game four of, of their series between TL and, and TSM. On top of that, I just think the uh, champ pool with Jisuke, you'll, you'll see the same thing that happened with Jensen. Uh, versus Power of Evil and their series with, with Jazuka, just slightly different champs. Maybe he busts out the Silas and, and the Ari as well. All right. Well, because I'm an idiot when it comes to analysis, I'm just going to point out the obvious thing here, which is like EG has a really difficult time with consistency, and they're about to play a best of five, which I think is a, a bad place to be if your wins often are based off of you like popping off in a simple, in a game at a level you don't normally pop off at. So... Are you not worried about the consistency issues we've seen from EG previously, Tulip? Uh, you know, I, I, I honestly do think that, but uh, after seeing Peter Dunn last weekend, I, I got a little bit more confidence in, in them and coming playoff time. Uh, I think them being against TSM is actually a really good matchup for them, just because they kind of square up is kind of like TL would against them, at least in my opinion. All right, well, let's throw it to the guys here. I think he hit on the right part of uh, at least talking about Impact and Jazuke, just more so on the fact that I think it, their team relies on those two, kind of just popping off. Kind of the vibe I've gotten from EG is that they don't necessarily win through good team play. Like the top three, like TSM, TLC9, are all usually kind of, they kind of just shit on you as a team. They just rail you that way. EG, it never really feels like they beat you as like five people. Um, one of them is usually popping off. At least that's like the feeling I've had. It's like when they're when they're really strong, when they're not it's just like something Jazuke takes over and that's teams. what allows them to win. It's like Jazuke gets huge, or he's just playing one of his like weird picks. He does really well on. I think they rely on that. Um, like recently, it's been like Impact. Like oh, he's just fucking huge. Like you can't really stop him. They snowball the game through that. Because um, from watching, like. I don't know. I, I looked at a lot. I went back and watched like how a lot of teams are team fighting to help work on a lot of our stuff, our stuff internally. And EG wasn't really impressing me on that end when they would get set up. I don't think they were like failing super hard overall on a lot of different macro things. Um, there's obviously some things, but they're not like huge on it. Um, it was more so like how they fought together felt off. I didn't feel like they were approaching fights as a team. And I feel like TSM generally was. TL was just approaching it better and performing better. So that's my like concern with it is that it relies on their solo laners popping off really hard instead of oh like EG will be a better team and contest them. I think um, there's aspects of of their team fighting where they look pretty good 
if it's like certain, like especially comps that want to flank. Like uh, the last time they played in week six, TSM versus EG, it was one of those Echo comps that you're talking about that they generally look better on. It's like Echo Renekton or something. Um, mm. I think it was Renekton. But like they did a really good job of coming at TSM from weird angles uh, and you know using their TP as well and actually split pushing correctly. I think all that stuff's pretty good. But if they're like a front to back team, I don't I don't really like any of their games. I think. Uh, were they if, you, if you watch them in like the most recent weeks, like a big tendency that a lot of the teams on like the bottom have, and I think EG's shown hesitancy on two when one of their solo lineages isn't huge, is they'll have control and they'll just kind of back away when they have it. Like as you're coming in, they'll look at you and they'll walk away and they'll slowly give up ground. And then they like kind of, it looks like they turn to fight when they're desperate, like they have to go. And it's not necessarily like their time anymore, or it's not as like good of a window. Um, it doesn't happen all the time. But I know when it's they're relying on the other like three of the team to like pull that together, like support jungle starting and engage for them. Um, they tend to just struggle a lot more. It doesn't look as clean. They're still they're still good. It's just not a not on that same level as the top three teams. I feel like. Yeah, I think um, Travis surprisingly had a good analytical point about consistency concerns in a best of five series where. Um, you know, there were some of those really sketch games out of Sven Skarin recently. He had a, a Mundo game where he was just caught in on, on an invade that was just way too aggressive. There was a Hecarim game where he was, like, contest contesting, I think it was against Dick, like, Skarner's Scuttlecrab or uh, his Spire and kind of got himself killed. And, like, Juzuke has had some... I, I We went back. I, I went back and looked at uh, a couple of the other plays. Azale found a couple. We, we were talking about it because uh, in the previous episode... Jizuki was in the Twitch chat and was like, "What do you, I haven't? I don't think I've coin flipped quite as much." And we looked at a couple plays. There was like a Rise game or two where like he went for some really aggressive stuff. Um, but I think either way, there's times where the whole team gets too aggressive, either as a unit or in the individuals. And over the course of a series, uh, those can add up to be really hard. Because if you throw a game that you should have won, you know you get three one pretty quick. That's basically what happened in the TSM TL series. It's like TSM should have won game one, but they fucked it up, and then now the series is over almost. Do you, Mark, do you yeah. are you suggesting that based on your review, the the Jizuke coin flip meme is like overdone? So yeah, it's definitely I think at least this split overdone. I don't think he's had as many like things because I I did when he when he called me out, I was like, oh, I should go check and make sure this is not like just some bullshit that people spew. Um, and I think he's been a lot more consistent this split. He still has. I said that like, oh, he has the most deaths in the LCS when we were talking about that last week for mid laners. Excuse me. Um, behind the Golden Guardians players. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, well, we know who's number one on that one. Yeah. Uh, but Jizuke also, his death's percent wasn't that high because, like, Impact was in top three for his role. Svenskaren was in top three for his role. Like, this is a team that just, like, dies a lot because they're really scrappy and they will take fights that will go 3-3 three, three or whatever. Um, and so, you know, that's that's more how the entire team is, I think than a Jizuke alone, kind of like in East Bumfuck dying for some reason kind of thing. Uh, so that is one of the concerns for this team is that they will have these fights that are just not great fights and they don't back away from them when they should have. Um, I think they'll, they'll keep going late. They're, they're good players individually. Like, yeah. I think across the board, like most of them, like they're good. But it's just they're not necessarily in sync with what they all want to do. That's just the feeling I've got from watching on the outside, I don't know what it's like internally, obviously, but it just doesn't seem like they agree on everything to do together. Do you, I mean, so stepping away from the coin flips around specific plays, 
Is it safe to say that like Jazuke is like feast or famine in terms of his his participation in the games? Because it does feel like there's a lot of games where it's like, wow, Jazuke just took over, and then it does feel like there's a lot of games where it's like, oh, this is not a good game for Jazuke, and it doesn't feel like there's a lot of games where it's like, oh, this is somewhere in the middle. I feel like he's had games where he's just somewhat in the middle of the split. I think in the past it was like really heavy like that, where like you just knew this guy was gonna ram his face into your turret <laughs> constantly, and he would push. But like I think it's less so like that yeah, now. He, it's not as uh, extreme. He's played more standard control mages this split than I think uh, people would realize if they look back on it. Um, he's played uh, five Oriana games, three Azir. You know, so that's eight of your 18 games on, on standard control mages. And then the rest are kind of a little bit more all over the place. So he definitely is not like PoE who only plays the, like the four standard control mages. Um, but in those control mage games, I think he's been good, but they just are not the kind of champions that you can... Like, Orianna's never going to be like, oh my god, what was that Orianna thinking? Because it's like, well, I press Shockwave yeah. when I hopefully hit three people. I mean, I think regardless of... Even if people feel like he's kind of the coin flip narrative for them, uh, what he brings with the fact that he does have those like weird picks he'll pop off on and like actually carry their team through is is a lot. Just being able to do that and have that threat is it's pretty important. It's similar to like when 100 Thieves at the beginning were winning. It's like you would kind of just ban TF versus them. Always. It's just like annoying that that was something you had to deal with because they would perform really well on it. So you have to think about the same with him and that provides a lot for... Uh, for their team. Yeah, what, what do you, like most most people would blind Syndra. I was going to say, like, for example, most people would blind Syndra in the current meta and basically not really have to give a shit about counterpicks too heavily. Um, I don't think, like, you know, if you get against Jusuke, he'll play Echo into it. And it's going to be really annoying for you the whole game because your Syndra doesn't want to match him in side lanes and stuff. And I, I don't think that many people have assassin split push counterpicks prepared for your pretty standard control mage. Mm. Um, what do you think of my prediction that the series will go to four or five games each game will look one-sided and tsm will probably end up winning in the in the long run because I, I i it feels like having watched a lot of these eg games over the course of the split it just it doesn't feel like there's going to be like wow this is neck and neck and like we're 35 minutes in and gold is just like within a thousand gold of each other and they're trading objectives all the time it feels like we're just going to see a one-sided match and then a one-sided match and then a one-sided match and then i don't know whatever will end up happening happens in the next you know in game four or five i can see it i can see it happening um i think more so i'm just i would be on the side of i think it'll go to like four five games possibly because i think there is chance for like i said impact in jizuke kind of just carry through it because the rest of their team is just solid on their own like definitely ignore never really gonna like lose you the game early on at all mark i thought you smiled because i thought you liked my take but now i'm realizing you got distracted by something well i'm doing my job of reading twitch chat and stuff like that okay um i mean a uh, discord to, to pull people i was also smiling because you just made like a you know it's kind of a random prediction you know like ah, i think uh games will be close and then one team will win. No, I, I said I think TSM will win. Yeah. And I don't think that they're going to be close. I'm saying it's the opposite. They're going to be, like, stompy. I thought you were saying that they would, like, it would be back and forth. No, the I'm saying one side will, will be... 
stomp, then Each the next one. game will be a stomp, and like they it will go to four or five games, but every game will feel very one sided. Uh, maybe. Could be. I am Thanks, shaking Travis. my salad, okay? Twitch. I like how you, you wait till like the one or two hours you're gonna be doing a show and you're like, I'm gonna eat. I say this every time. Okay. I, I ate like before the show. So I I'm not just sitting here movie. eating already. Here's the thing. I do dinner with Kobe. Alright? We always do dinner together. It's our thing. Uh, we we go to the, we order from a, a place, um, uh, potentially using Grubhub. And uh, uh, he gets hungry at a certain time of day, and I cannot make this man eat early or late. I respect my roommate, all right? Then eat alone. Me and Ashley have this thing where we usually hang out from 7 to 9 p.m., usually watching a movie. Does that mean that I can now do Hotline League from my couch while actually watching a movie? I mean, I don't think that that would be very good content. I don't think you eating a salad is good content. Well, Mark good thing that that's not the majority of what's going on here. Did an arrow freeze? Or is he really happy? He did freeze. <laughs> an arrow, are you here still? All right. Well, we lost an arrow. Wait, he said BRB lol. Wait, what? He said that? <laughs> In Twitch chat, yeah. <laughs> the what the hell? <laughs> uh, okay, anyway. This is, this is the worst timing, too, where it's like, our, we need a new caller. We need... <laughs> Tulip Queen, what do you what do you think of what Anero and, and Mark said here? Do you disagree with any of this? Uh, no, they, they make good points. Uh, I I just really was wondering if if they think TSM playing the same way they did against TL is is good enough for them to beat EG and also just go forward in the tournament. Do you think they're going to make any changes or are they just going to play late and scale really? And that's about it. Weather the storm early. Uh, for TSM, they they played yeah. a little bit more early game oriented in one of their games. I'm pretty sure um, yeah. it was uh, game two. Was it? Uh, oh, I'm sorry, I'm pulling up the games real quick. Yeah, I mean Lucian Lucian Rumble's pretty fucking early game oriented. I mean they lost that game to be fair, and it it, it was not a great game out of them. But uh, I think that they they have branched out to be more early game oriented a, a couple of times this split. Also like their Jace. Uh, Syndra games and stuff like that. I think they have that play style in their back pocket. I don't think it's their best play style, and they'd rather play, like you said, a little bit more reactive and scaling focused. Um, but I don't think that they're opposed to to trying a couple of things out um, if they need to. Yeah, I just no, noticed I earlier, Anero said, you ever unplug your PC by accident? So I guess that's what happened, is he unplugged his PC by accident. And they went for like the quick pivot to on his phone to Twitch chat to yeah, say yeah, probably, BRB yeah. lol. Yeah. Um, well, Tulip, I appreciate the uh, I appreciate the call. Is there anything you <laughs> want to say before we move on to our next caller? Uh, yeah. Uh, I'm a long time lurker, first time caller. Uh, just got some game fuel off their website. Really quick hey, and easy shipping. Use Travis's code. Uh, just appreciate you guys and all your all the stuff you do. Have what a good flavor one. did you get? Uh, variety pack. The the blue and the red are the best, though. Yeah, I I prefer the red a lot over the blue. They did like a poll recently on their Twitter about which one was best, and I think red lost out to blue. And I was very salty because I was going to, <laughs> I was going to rig. I didn't know. I I was unsure if this was going to get me in trouble, but I had thought I was planning on 
quote tweeting and rigging it to get people to vote for Cherry Burst over Berry Blast, and then they just <laughs> missed like the window to do it. Um, I don't know if they would have been annoyed by me doing that, so perhaps I should have. Uh, it's a good thing I dodged it. But anyway, thank you so much, Tulip, for the shout out. I really appreciate it. Thanks for the call. Thank you. Have a good one. Have a good one. Am I, are we waiting for a narrow? I mean, I think we should just move on because. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm here. Oh, he's I just fixed my camera. Okay. <laughs> oh. Okay. I, I was there for a little bit. Okay. It's just uh. He just bur- like I like yeah, how we're talking about him. He just zero. bursts back in and is like, "Hello, here I am." <laughs> Say one yeah, thing just, for a narrow. I just fixed it. Say he has a flair for the dramatics. Yeah. Are you reading? Okay. You left, okay. You left. Um. All right. We are back. Let's see. Shout out to Kelby for gifting a, a sub. Uh, TJ Mackey, Charlo sixty one, uh, X Adam X. Uh, it's my birthday, says X Adam X. Happy birthday, X Adam. Thank you for the uh, sub. Happy birthday. Ghost Han for thirteen months. Uh, EO one twenty. Omega Diamond Zinc and Lord Goof. We're joined right now by JNT, uh, who is one of the hosts of the podcast. Which name I forget. What is it called again? The Clown Fiesta Podcast. Clown Fiesta Podcast. That's right. Where are you calling from? San Antonio, Texas. San Antonio, Texas. You're a little quiet. I've turned you up to 200%. I don't know if you can get your mic closer, but... I will speak louder. Okay, thank you. Uh, where, what do you want to talk about on the show? Um, well, I was calling with regards to the all-pro voting, uh, but mainly because I didn't think that Perks actually deserved to be first-team all-pro, and I really thought that he should have been third behind Power of Evil number one and Jensen number two. And just as a little side note, I also thought that Aphromood more deserved to be number three over Sword Art. And my main, like, kind of concerns with the voting is the way that it all panned out, it kind of seemed like people tended to value pop-offs over consistency, which I think in terms of, you know, all pro voting, which you're supposed to pick the best players from the split, it should be kind of viewed as the opposite, where I think consistency should be valued over pop-off. I think if you take... Specifically, look at Perks versus Jensen and Power of Evil. Both Power of Evil and Jensen were more consistent over the entirety of the split, kind of just having great splits in general. Whereas Perks, he had those really high highs with like that Tristana game, and he had some really pop-off plays throughout the season. You know, that Aurelia game that he had against Dignitas, I think it was. But in the same sense, Perks also kind of had a lot of int moments in the split. Um, where even in that same Aurelia game kind of like ended up dying a bunch and, you know, throughout the entirety of the split got caught out in the sidelines a bunch, but that's mainly it. If, if your philosophy is true, wouldn't Jazuke have been in the top three? I, well, me and Blue Jay, we had our own all vote, all pro voting predictions and we both considered Jazuke number three along with perks. I guess I'm just saying if you think that people valued these pop-off moments and did not value or did not look to like the mistakes and errors that they made, Jazuke would have been like a perfect example of that because he has high highs and low lows. Yeah, I, I think, you know, you can follow the same logic with that as Perks. I think Perks is just better than Jazuke and had a better split than Jazuke, like following that logic. But like I said, the way that I went with it is I kind of put consistency over pop-off. And, you know, if it was the other way around, I probably would have had Perks one. Jazuke 2, then Power Wheel 3, or something like that. I think uh, a lot just, of people also... Oh, sorry, go ahead, Travis. I was just going to say, just as an aside, so there's a lot of people that always complain, I talked about this earlier in the show, about third-party media voting. The first pro team would have been 
exactly the same, Alfari, Blabber, Zvan, and Core JJ, except Power of Evil would have been in over Perks if you did not have third-party media voting, which I thought is an interesting uh, thing. So go ahead, Anara. I was going to say, I think people also vote on this, at least from like the team side, on um, what these people kind of provide internally to the team that might get missed. Um, so it can kind of be hard to just like discount that part of things when you know a bit about how like these players work internally for the team or how much they provide. Uh, and the consistency aspect of things, like I can get like wanting to vote more so on that. Um, and I think a lot of people do generally focus on it, but I don't know. I think the media side of things, those people are always going to like heavily favor like pop off moments because they remember it. But I think usually you'll find that the like team aspect of thing is usually favoring the people that are more consistent overall. So I think like the media part just kind of weighs that too. Like I don't, I don't really know what else to argue on the point between these guys. Like I think for me, the mid three thing was pretty close, honestly. Between like those three, I put uh, like Perks and then Poe Jensen, but I was pretty willing to like swap around between people. Fun put fact: a lot of weight and like what our guys on the team thought. Fun fact: I pit Poe first, Mark pit him second. Or sorry, Mark pit uh, Perks first. Yeah, I um, I thought I thought Perks was better. Um, I think uh, Poe does what poe does and he's really good at it um but i do value it's not even pop off it's just uh proactivity and, and playmaking um and individual ability to influence games i think uh poe does have that don't get me wrong i'm not saying he doesn't but it's almost like time gated to post 15 minutes um he he rarely does uh a ton pre-15 minutes and it is partially a symptom of the champions that he's playing of course like you know you're playing Azir, you're playing oriana and whatnot but he played Syndra a number of games. It's not like Syndra is this champion that's incapable of making things happen, um, and didn't didn't have any incredible performances. I mean, the one that jumps out the most is like the one where it's actually tactical, just not respecting Syndra and dying on Tristan a bunch of times. Um, and this is not a shot at Poe. I'm just obviously arguing the worst parts of him right now because I'm I'm putting my position for perks. Um, I don't I don't think he did more to win games for, uh, you know. TSM, you could argue, than, than PoE did. PoE had a wider range of champions that he was actually able to pivot or play quite well. Uh, he made a lot of plays in the mid to early game. He could 1-3-1. He uh, did a lot of things for his team that I don't think PoE did. Uh, and I think PoE was really fucking consistent, to your point. Like, there's almost no games I can point to, to into moments like you're talking about. Um, but at the same time, I can be like, well, point me to a moment where he won his team the game or made a huge play in the first 15 minutes. And there's, there's really... Not not that many. JNT, uh, you, you disagree with Mark. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you are correct in the fact that there wasn't necessarily, like, a singular moment or you can't point to any specific instance where Power of Evil, like, straight up won the game for his team. But like you also said, he kind of plays his own unique play style where, yes, maybe he, he doesn't do a whole lot in terms of proactivity in the early game and kind of just plays for himself in the first 15 minutes, you know, with great laning, always is usually around 10 CS a minute. But, you know, I would argue that past 15 minutes, he does do a lot for his team in terms yeah. of his role and his job, you know, once he is like that late game control mage. Because I would also point to it, it's like TSM like plays towards that kind of style. It's not like that 
TSM is a super early, like early game active team and, you know, Power Beaver, he's just doing his thing, singing in mid lane farming. TSM is quite often, you know, scaling up for late game. And I think he, Power Beaver does that job of late game team fighting and, you know, damage output the best out of all those mid laners. Yeah. And, and I mean, the same way that you talk about, uh, you know, the, the roles that they play, you know, like he is playing Azir, Oriana, almost every, like the majority of his games, whereas other people are playing Yone and things that aren't going to have fat deeps in team fights and stuff like that. And even then, you know, like Jazuki had more DPM, or, or, you could argue, and stuff like that. Uh, he was pretty low in CSD and some of the laning stuff. I mean, again, partially the champions he's playing, but like, uh, I thought there were players who did more for their teams and have more complete games, which is why I put perks number one. I still put POE number two. I think he had a great split. Um, you know, I'm surprised to hear Jensen over perks and stuff like that. I, I can't can't get behind that at all. Those those are the ones where I'm actually more surprised at. I think uh, to finish my side of this too, something that you can't go through and watch like ProView this year, yeah. which is kind of annoying for all of these things. Um, so you miss a lot of like the actual laning shit versus these people, except for when you play first them but one of the annoying things between like poe and perks is perks has a lot of stuff you can pull out against you when you're trying to draft and try to figure out how to like game plan against them and poe you know exactly what he's going to pick pretty much every single game and i think that's something you kind of have to factor in that they're both putting up like really good performances um so i can understand like wanting to argue one way or the other but i think perks is putting up a lot more of that across like different champions and different styles and it's hard it's hard to always be prepared and play around as a team. And he's more like flexible to like counter what your team is doing and isn't necessarily just playing like his same way every single game, which can be really, really annoying to deal with. And I think that's a big factor you have to consider. Yeah. That's what I considered for like putting him first overall. Like I said, everything else. Um, you had another take JNT, which you felt, it sounds like you thought Afro got snubbed. Yeah. It kind of just like a quick aside. I, I, I was more adamant about the whole Perks one than the the Aphromu one, but I definitely think that Aphromu probably should have been third over Sword Art, I think. Mark, you had him on there, I think, if I, yeah, I remember. I, uh, I, I thought Sword Art... Um, the, the argument that I make was the Sword Art one is that I think Sword Art is better than Afro and maybe ended the split playing better than Afro, but... I, when I talk about these things, I often talk about performance. Sword Art's beginning to the split was really rough, and not just like, a, oh, he's not playing that well and not making big plays like he was running it a little bit and mechanically missing things all over the place uh starting off dives that were never going to work and um really struggling and you know tsm turned around as a team and they're 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 really good and like you know if you ask me who i want as as my support i'm probably picking sword art over afro but when i look at the the 18 games that they played afro did not have turbo in moments like a whole stretch of them at least uh you know i'm sure he made some bad plays you know there's there, everyone has struggles and stuff like that but um there was quite a few early on the split and quite a stretch out of sword art before he turned to the round and they they used shen and some pantheon globals and then he kind of got his feet under him it seemed like and then after, after that had been great um and so i think sword art is really good and in summer could easily take top three but uh i i didn't feel like his beginning was strong enough compared to, to other people yeah, I agree. I, I follow the same logic. I I definitely think that Aphromoo was just better over the whole split, but Sword Art definitely had a great end to his split. I can see the argument for it. I think uh, for me, like the first two supports are pretty straightforward for yeah. it. Um, 
at least the same thing that got me to vote for Dardoch for third jungle, even though I didn't necessarily think he was the third best jungler, was just like what he provides to the team. And I felt like you could probably argue that for Afro too. I think like Dig has really relied on like their support jungle, kind of carrying them through everything, like getting them started, like getting fights going and controlling that team and leading it. Um, so I could see that argument over anyone else, even though I didn't vote that way. Well, and I, I think it's, uh, I think we, we talked a lot. There's been a lot of discussion for the people that did vote in this about how difficult it was to vote this split. It feels like, um, in a lot of positions, it was far more difficult than normal. Sometimes there'd be like a standout person, like obviously Alfari won every single vote, uh, that he, he could, I think, except for from Hooney. Um, <laughs> And, uh, oh, and I guess also I Zento put impact first, but, um, but then in other roles, it just becomes, or other spots, it just becomes really difficult, like ADC or I don't know, support. I think I messaged you this. I I think, um, for the most part, the one, two for a lot of things felt relatively easy. Um, but support had, I felt like five players that you could honestly put and not have people meme you for, um. And a lot of the other ones had three fours. Like Dardock or Spica felt, you know, pretty close to me uh, for jungle. Um, top lane, it was, you know, Hooney and. Who was the other person? That... There's okay. Impact and Alfari were one, two, easy. I forget who, who else I was considering. Hooney? I said he Hooney. was saying Hooney. Oh, was saying there was someone else I was considering for four that I can't remember. Fake now. God, maybe? Fuck it. Uh, I don't think it was Fake God, but maybe. Who, who knows? <laughs> uh, either way, my point is that there were a number of people that you could consider for for a lot of the uh, the last positions, um, and I think that was a large part due to like some teams underperformed. TL having, you know, a third place finish when many people thought they'd be the best team in the league, and struggling for a little bit in the middle and stuff like that uh, really throws up your preconceived notions of, of who you'd want to vote. Like, yeah, I'd love to put Jensen second most of the time or or third easily, but uh, you know. And same with tactical, maybe he should, he could be third in a lot of splits. But you know, Neo played really well, and tactical struggled. Now you're you're in an interesting conversation for third. Yeah, yeah. It, it felt like there were not as many standout players this this time around. One quick question before we go, we move on to a, a quick break. But uh, one of the the big discussion points in the Reddit thread, I think, was about people claiming that Core JJ got first just off brand recognition or whatever like people just think core jj is so good that i don't know he sh he he shouldn't have uh have ended up in that situation so i'm curious what you guys think of of that yeah i think it's close i just gave the edge to vulcan i think that's who i put was first um i mean yeah i think a lot of it just kind of happens for everything though like name recognition will definitely get you more votes like the media side's definitely going to vote for you more often. Um, but I think, like, you could just argue it if, like, uh, TL didn't perform as well as so people put Core JJ lower. Um, but I just felt like they went through, like, a rough patch together. And the reason I voted Vulcan is because I felt like he was solid the entire time, um, despite the fact that they weren't always playing the best. Like, usually people look at Zven Vulcan, like, these guys are unbeatable. Like, they're impossible to play versus, and that's, like, the community perception. And they weren't having, like, necessarily that dominant of a split to start um but like Vulcan was still doing really well like they eventually got back to just playing like really dominant again I felt like Vulcan was just consistent the whole time that's why I 
voted for him. But Core was still like by far like top two. Yeah. I thought for those two, like they were clearly the top two, and it wasn't really uh, as close with the others. Well, JNT, thank you so much for the call. Yeah. Anything you want to shout out before we go on to a quick break? Um, I guess I'll shout out Tom Shu mainly because I was about to post the same take as him, but he posted it first, so I had to change mine. So thank you, Tom Shu. I got on the show because of you this week. <laughs> there you go. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, JNT. All right, you guys have a good one. Yeah, have See a good one. Have a good one, man. All one right. More? We're going to take a quick break. That's been almost an hour. What? What? Nothing, man. Okay. Uh, I don't know how many people out here like cherry, but a lot of us use cherry every day, and we might not think about it. I'm talking, of course, about cherry switches and the keyboards that we all use. And what's awesome is now, I believe for the first time ever, Cherry has partnered with a laptop notebook manufacturer in Alienware to bring Cherry switches to a notebook. So if you're you're into gaming uh, and you hate the fact that like maybe you just don't like you know laptop or notebook uh, keyboards normally. Maybe you feel like you always have to bring one. Well, now is an upgrade to the M15 and M17 that you can go to get at Alienware.com slash Travis. You can, uh, you can actually upgrade to Cherry Switches. And uh, Alienware and Cherry work together on this. In fact, if you go to Alienware.com slash Travis, which I'll put in the chat right now, uh, they, they switched the banner out at the top of my page to just show the Alienware X Cherry. Uh, it's like a big link you can click. So you can click over to it and you can read about how they've brought in these new switches to the uh, the laptops, to so the notebooks, and how they co-developed it. And you can sort of see the way that the switch works and learn all about this. So it's pretty cool now that you can get this type of thing in a notebook. Again, uh, first time to my understanding that this has been available in a notebook, uh, in a gaming laptop. And awesome that Alienware was able to do this with Cherry MX. So now you can get a mechanical keyboard uh, with an Alienware computer um, and bring it with you everywhere. Not have to pack an extra uh, extra keyboard in there. Anyway, thank you so much to Alienware for sponsoring us. Alienware.com says Travis. And be sure, by the way, if you do get that, uh, that laptop, use Travis 10 off. And then you can uh, help offset maybe a little bit of the upgrade cost of getting the nicer keyboard on there. Thank you to Alienware. Nice, Travis. Thanks. Good pitch. I appreciate it. An arrow. I appreciate it. Uh, how's it going? I see Brian Kibler in the chat. Uh, what is what is Miss Brian? What's going on? Brian Kibler. Yeah. Brandon Kibler is in the chat right now. Uh, a big Yu-Gi-Oh professional from back in the day. Currently plays professional uh, Elder Scroll or uh, Gwent. Gwent. He's a professional Gwent competitor um, at the moment. Who is Kibler? Uh, Brandon Kibler, I believe is his name, Mark. Uh, Benelli is here. Benelli, where are you calling from? Uh, Springfield, Illinois. Springfield, Illinois. Welcome. What do you want to talk about on the show? Uh, I want to talk about how 100 Thieves won't win this weekend against Dignitas and that the expectations that were put on them at the beginning of like the spring split not lock-in were too high. 
Okay. Do you want to elaborate a little bit on that on that take? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, like, <clears throat> obviously, they brought over like the main core from Golden Guardians, and <clears throat> I think people thought they like their placement in summer was better than like what it actually was because they still ended up fifth, sixth. And I think that yes, some days like been like a really good top player for a while, but like I think they just thought that they would do better than they would, and like other teams like C9 and Team Liquid are obviously better. <clears throat> And TSM obviously had better players, so I think it was unrealistic to believe that they would finish top three, and it kind of showed against C9 on Sunday. Well, Mark, should we throw this one to Anero first, or uh, do you want to hop in before he gives his sort of inside take? Um, I mean, we have two hundred thieves callers, um, I think. Uh, so, I mean, we can just answer this and see where it goes. I, I don't think the expectations were, were too high when they, they were placed on them. I mean, yes, they uh, finished fifth, sixth uh, in in the playoffs, but they beat one of the teams that ended up winning and then had a full best of five against them. Um, so it's conceivable that they were a pretty good team. I would argue they seemed like a decent team. Uh, and then people believe that someday was going to be an upgrade over Hanser. Um, most of them, their own marketing, as, as far as I can recall, were pretty hyped. You know, no one was like, you know, this is a roster that's just hoping to make worlds. You know, like they definitely felt like they were billing themselves as a title contender. Um, I think that's how everyone talked about them. So how, I don't know if, how that'd be overhyped. People were putting them third or fourth uh, in their power rankings. I and, mean, also know. from a, a cost standpoint. So by the way, I'm working on getting a, the to do be able to do the normal thing that I do every spring where I do the efficiency of the, the team rosters or whatever. I'm trying to get the information. Uh have some of it. But uh regardless, I think if you're Hundred Thieves, you went out and you acquired this team from Golden Guardians for the five players. I mean I guess some of them you didn't acquire because they were like like who he was up on contract. But uh you bring them in you add in someday who you've made this like really long commitment to. And I just can't imagine that this was their expectation for it. Like this has got to look like failure um, in terms of what they were able to accomplish. Now, I don't know, maybe they'll make some crazy lower bracket run and we'll all look silly, but I don't, I, I don't know. I think that hundred T should be really disappointed in this result. And I think a lot of analysts did honestly believe that like here was a chance for a team that was not TSM TL or C9 to go pretty far. I mean, obviously we had the FlyQuest last time, but um, for another team to rise up and it just, it didn't, didn't end up happening. And it felt like they crumbled a lot towards the end too. Um, I don't know. You know, I this is more of a marker and arrow thing. Could comment on whether or not they just weren't able to keep keep up, and other teams got better than them. But like, they certainly didn't feel like they were looking too good by the end, and it's just kind of disappointing. Given that I think in the beginning they certainly seemed a lot stronger. I mean, they were in the second place position for a lot of the split, right? If I'm recalling, I mean, maybe they were tied with with teams for that, but it's just kind of weird. I think the expectation put on them that they'd be a title contender. If anyone said that, that would be kind of a an over-exaggeration and way too much hype on it. Uh, but I think trying to place that team as like a third, fourth place team in NA was not too far off base. 
of what they could do with the roster they were trying to like have together there. Um, I definitely think that we're going to be limited. And even if we were like on the team with them too, um, I felt like they would have been limited to a certain point to that just because of like, I, I just know the problems that the team has um, internally that aren't necessarily going to be the easiest to solve with the group that they put together on 100 Thieves. Um, so I knew they were going to be capped a bit, but it was still kind of a disappointment. That sounds of, like some oh, tea. Well, it's not really tea. There's all, every team has like stuff internally that's like, it's a big hurdle you have to get over of like what people do together and the roster change up, like them going over there, like just basically just someday being changed out wasn't really going to fix everything for them. But they still had like weaknesses to their play, you know? And I think a lot of people figured out kind of how to approach it. So it I agree. Every team has tea in Arrow, but not everyone can spill other teams' tea like you can spill. I would, I would never do that. I would never spill like any of that like kind of stuff. Like that's just that's fucked up. All right, you can get but, all like, the how they want to play. This is the only reason we had. You. I mean, I think the one thing you can't always talk about is just how they want to play. Um, and I know, like even though our games were fucking shit fests, when we approached them, like we had a very clear idea of what we wanted to do with it. Where. Um, we went for like counter pick bot matchup. We know they really want to play through bot lane. Their team's like really heavily focused on that. And we knew that they did not play through mid at all. They did not do anything for their mid laner. When they, this is when they were playing with Demonte. They did nothing with it. So we just played like a Lilia Tristana comp. Just fucking shit on mid lane. Like he can't really play the game. He's not going to get bailed out from anything. And then the idea should be that we were playing like Sivirjana bottom and the Kaiserel. Uh, it was like cool, their bot lane cannot engage. They can't do anything. They can't force fights on this bottom. We have full mid control. You'll just shut down the team because they really relied on snowballing to get ahead through their bot lane being big, um, which would enable closer. Closer would be able to pop off through his thing. And if that team can't do that, I think they're usually pretty screwed. And I don't think someday fixes that. Uh, I, mean, I think if you watch the games this weekend, they have like a 2v2 around top. I don't remember who was casting it, but like they're both doing literally the exact opposite of what each other are doing. Like someday's running away while closer's like trying to fight. And they maybe could have won the fight, but he just left. And then he starts like coming back in when he sees that he's fighting, and it's just like completely disjointed. It doesn't fix like a lot of the problems they have, and they could still be a good team, like very easily be a good team. And I still think they're like at a good level compared to the rest. But um, I could see like on the caller's point, like them potentially losing to Dig, uh, purely because I think Dig is not afraid to fight you. Like their support jungle are, I think Aphroma and Dardoch are completely in sync on what they want to do. They do not fucking hesitate. They just go in and fight. They go in and fight, and then their rookies follow up and fight with them. They're just ready to go at all the time. And I think 100 Thieves support jungle is not the same. And they'll, like, back off when they get in these situations, and they'll hesitate and wait unless they have a big lead. And that's always been, like, the big struggle I've seen from them that teams have kind of punished. So I can see Dig winning. I hope they don't, personally. Like, I hope 100 Thieves win, because I want to see, like, my friends win. But... I could see it potentially happening if they're not more consistent on that. So I I can I can sort of raise a little bit of speculation here around some of the the issues that I, like there's a there's a narrative here that I think has gone unnoticed because people don't watch my hundred T interviews, but there there seems to be this implication or this thought from the community that Papa Smithy or Zix decided unilaterally to swap DeMonte out and bring Ryoma in. And if you watch the interviews that I've done, I did one with Ryoma and I did one with Closer. Both of those interviews, 
it seemed uh, pretty clear that this was not something where like Zix or Papa Smithy were like, we're going to make this decision. This seems like something that the other players wanted. And like Ryoma, I, I believe lives with FBI and they're, they're really good friends. I think Spawn has talked about this previously on the show. Like I, I do not, my impression from the outside and people can go watch these interviews and draw their own conclusions, right? I'm not using any kind of like secret information here, but my impression has been that at least some of the players did not want to continue to play with DeMonte and they chose to bring Ryoma instead. They chose to bring in their friends and roommates because of nepotism. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know if Which it's Which just seems to breed within the To, to be clear, I am, not, I am not suggesting that. But I am suggesting that like clearly I am suggesting that it appears as though there was not a great relationship with DeMonte and there was a better relationship with Ryoma and the team decided that they wanted to play with Ryoma instead of uh, instead of uh, DeMonte. Again, people can go look at my interviews and t draw their own conclusions around the questions that I ask, but uh, I don't think that it is it is a situation where like Papa Smithy and, and Zix unilaterally <laughs> decided this. And I think the only reason that they are not like that these two have just taken the brunt of this stuff is because they don't want to like, they'd rather take the heat for a, a decision that was made by the team. Maybe. I mean, that is kind of your job as coach and manager, no matter what, like you, you will take the heat. It's yeah. kind of what you do. Like you should, if you don't do something, if you don't do that, like you're piece of shit overall. I, I don't know internally. I know they were like good friends, but Closer was a big part of like trying to get DeMonte on board in the first place uh, between spring and summer. But it's always hard to say like how that it's stuff So it sounds like Closer has a history of not enjoying the mid laner that he's playing with. Because it sounded like you're saying between last year, between spring and summer, he was trying to replace his it's previous It's always mid the mid laner. I don't know, man. Um, I'm say, like they, I've been away from them for a while, so I don't yeah. really know. But, yeah, and I don't want. I'm not trying to like put you in a spot where you have to like. No clue. Yeah, uh, okay. I'm. Just, I'm just saying. Like it. I. I. I hope that people look more broadly to to this stuff rather than just being like, "Wow, Papa Smithy, uh, OCE nepotism is putting Ryoma in." Um, I actually think, you know, it's. it's I, a, perhaps a, I think a I could definitely that. say about like how those guys are internally. If they didn't want that change, they would not take that very easily. If they didn't want to play with Ryoma, they would probably let everyone know they didn't want to play with Ryoma. So they, they probably wanted to play with him. Um, like, they would definitely be pissed about it if they didn't yeah. want to. I feel like there's very rarely, and there are some instances, but usually it's not like a player decides, or a coaching staff decides by themselves, like, man, F this player, we think this backup's better, and it's not usually, like, consulted with the players, and you, you heavily weigh their input and stuff like that uh, when, when you're making swaps and substitutions and whatnot. Um, I think it's funny, Papa Smithy showed up in chat, Fudge showed up in chat, and as soon as you start talking about... Uh, OCE thought, player, yeah. Yeah, Raz had a good way of putting it. It's nepotism. Uh, it was pretty good. <laughs> nepotism. What, yeah. what, I think one thing that was lost in all of this also was Spawn. Like, Spawn is also an OCE coach. Are we suggesting that well, uh, OCE I'm coaches just, are inferior and TL is... I'm just waiting till we have the full OCE team. Papa should hire Nero with his beautiful 
uh, Australian accent. I'm not even Australian, though. <laughs> yeah, dude, you have the I'm thick Australian. Redneck dude, in North Carolina. Dude, you have such a thick Australian accent. It went back around to sounding oh, American. You went, you went around the globe a full time. It's just such yeah. a thick accent. No, but uh, you could you could do that. You could do GM Papa Smithy, manager Fasfi, uh, coach. Nice. You you pull together maybe Spawn or somebody's head coach or whatever. You bring in those other. We don't have a yeah. jungler yet. That's that's one thing we're missing in the scene. I think. Sure and fire. You have fun. Sure and fire. Yeah. Ryoma, Harry, Lost King, Ayla. Um, what's it called? Isles. You got a full O's team. Yeah, you could bring Raze and Destiny over. It's pretty easy. You just need just need Sharon and you're good to go. Or Babbit, yeah. Yeah, Babbit and TSMA. Yeah. There you go. Uh, anyways, on to the caller point again. Uh, I think it's fair to say that this is probably below 100 Thieves' aspirations when they put the roster together. Um, you know, even if it's not, you know, it's like an arrow said, a title contender that's, that's scrapping up there with C9 or TL. But at the very least, um, I think the way the split has gone feels worse than um and that's a really good point by the way like caller i know you were saying that you suggesting that hunter t should have been third is a mistake but like c9 tl and tsm do not look unbeatable like these teams were one or two games off from like what fifth and sixth place like it's not like they went and wrecked each other or wrecked everybody and then they were just trading wins with each other like are these teams have looked fairly vulnerable and uh, we've seen a lot of teams take uh, games off of them so i don't i don't know i don't i, I have a hard time feeling as though 100t landed where i think they should have reasonably banelli just around fourth pretty much but banelli that's really it banelli. we'll have to see it could be fifth six depending on if dig uh team fights their way yeah. to glory anything anything we'll you see. disagree with us on here banelli uh, no, not really. I just thought that, like, like, I don't know. I just felt like they would do better. I thought they would get second, like, at the start of the split, but, like, but then I realized, like, how they were, like, kind of performing towards the end. I think, like, there's kind of, like, a coaching issue, like, how they're playing, like, with drafting and stuff. So I thought that was, like, a problem they were facing throughout the last, like, half of the split, I would say. Yeah. Well... We'll see how things go in uh, their lower bracket run. Maybe a little surprise. Is there anything you want to shout out before we go on to the next caller? Uh, yeah, I want to shout out Doublelift, Medios, and Sneaky for their co-streams. They've been really uh, enjoyable, and I've like really enjoyed watching them. And it's kind of different from like the other co-streamers, and they like they're actually like fun and like don't flame all the time. Well, I uh, I appreciate that. I yeah, like I mean, I saw that Doublelift. Had, <laughs> I saw Doublelift had fifty k viewers this weekend. I, uh, Riot broadcast in shambles. Why even? Want, I th I think they should get rid of the analyst desk. Uh, people are just watching co streams now anyway. Then I can co stream myself and just earn money that way. Yeah. Honestly, I f I feel like that's gonna happen long term. Do you not get that vibe? I get the vibe that we're gonna start using co stream as like part of the actual stream. I would say From yes life. and no. I think we're we have not seen the height of co stream integration. I and Travis have talked about like I think it'd be great. If like during ad breaks or like lulls in the game or like pauses, fuck it, kick it over to a kick the co-stream. I'd love to do yeah. that. You know, like uh, NBA has like Shaq and those other guys that are just like talking about random shit like after the game, just kind of like making fun of stuff. Because obviously, like they all played the game, so they they know it more in depth. I feel like it's gonna turn into that. I mean, I, I'm I really curious. Play. 
you could see like it's not that crazy to imagine a world where after COVID is over, TSM uses like some sort of studio space in their office to do like a fairly professional broadcast. Nope. Get me out. Stop that right now. The whole point of CoStreams is that they're low key and fun and they're not high professional. You have the main broadcast as the professional one. Why yeah. would you put them in a room with a microphone and because two people sitting at a desk when we already you can have, have your own sponsors on these CoStreams? You can do that already, can't you? Yeah, but I can. I will tell you that a, a brand is going to be way more interested in like, like I, let's say it's a TSM brand or something. Who cares like about that. the viewers? The brand will be much happier if they were I, okay. Up I'm just telling DJs. you. I'm just telling you. Money moves a lot, and if you are TSM and you can guarantee like twenty-five to fifty thousand viewers on a stream every weekend, and you can say, "Hey, Grubhub." Like we will stick this all over. We'll stick your logos all over the backdrop of this thing, and then you go to Double of Sneaky and Medios and say, "We'll cut you guys all in." And every time you do a co-stream or something like that, you'll make like ten grand or something. I I'm just saying I could I could see this stuff. We're going off topic. Uh, no, off here's what I'll tell you: the main broadcast will probably always have a pretty similar form to what it is now because I think the co-streamers do enjoy having the broadcast and being able to listen to casters and even have the analyst desk and like all the, all the stuff kind of filling in uh, at different points and things to watch. Um, and I think I'm excited to see more co-stream integration and how it evolves. Um, and I would not be surprised if people are doing their own like little side streams, the same way you have like multilingual broadcasts and all this different stuff. Uh, there's no reason you can't have like the, uh, the TSM stream and whatnot, as much as I was memeing about, about the other things I was saying. People in Twitch chat are like, Travis only cares about money. No. That's Team true. owners care about money. You noobs. Tra- Travis doesn't care about money at all. No, absolutely not. He doesn't talk about scam trains left and right, for sure. Yeah. Mark, are we are we done now? Can we? I don't uh, know. You tell me. Caller's still in here awkwardly. I know. I'm just <laughs> I'm just wondering if uh, if I can make my point uh, and move on. You're the host of the show, Travis. I have to pay you. We're waiting for you. I have to pay you. Yes, I care about generating revenue so that I could compensate you and Tim, and Broden and all these people. Uh, Okay, Bonelli, thanks so much for the call. We really appreciate it. We'll catch you next time. Thank you guys. Have a good one. You too. All right. Um, Off Mark goes. Speaking of subs, (laughs) thank you to uh, Lord Goof. Uh, it's Gilchrist for the five tier one subs. D nine TV for the next five. Uh, Penty for the sub, for the prime. Pluto seven four four three for thirty seven months, and Hershey Crisp for four months. All right. How are we doing in Twitch chat, guys? Uh, Travis is Travis Gafford is a cute soul. The problem is Travis Corporations. True. Uh, Travis Gafford Industries is what drives me to. Uh, really figure this stuff out. When are you coming back home, An arrow. Uh, twenty eighth. Back home on the twenty eighth. Okay, so not. I mean, you're only out there for about a week. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm not gone for too long. There we go. Eo one twenty is here. Eo, where are you calling from? Uh, out in Salt Lake. 
Salt, Salt Lake, Utah. Lake City. Oh. Call wow, you're right next to me, man. Oh. oh, what's up? What's up? I'm in Salt Lake City right now. And Arrow and EO hanging out. You you know who else lives in Salt Lake City? Brandon Sanderson. Brian yes, McClellan. Yes, BYU, my man. Yeah. He has uh, that great creative writing lecture series. Yeah. What do you want to talk about on the show, EO? So I was I wanted to echo over um, LS's concerns from that uh, face check episode where the uh, I will dominate you know statement came from. LS had a great concern, and I share it as well as we're trying to figure out uh, what we want to do with the league and with uh, rookie talent from the amateur scene or the collegiate scene. Um, so I kind of wanted to ask um, Nero, um, do you believe LS's concerns are justified? Um, for players like Niles coming well, to Well, hang on, sorry. To, sorry, yeah, I'm trying Not to all of us out. have watched fa the face check episode. Yeah, uh, okay, okay. That okay. specific part. So can you elaborate what this is? So there are certain players' uh, careers where they get fast-tracked too quickly to the pro scene, um, and not all of them end up like, say, um, um, LeBron, who jumped from like high school to the NBA and is now a legend. Um, that's not yeah. like even reasonable or normal. Um, for anyone, so it would. So, Niles is not looking like the next Bjergsen of top lane or anything like that. Um, so mm -hmm. it's a. LS was trying to elicit this concern that um, with how bad Golden Guardians has done so far in the season, uh, a lot of players, a lot of young, new rookie players who have not been fully developed into this pro level and are having, you know, just really bad splits on account of just how new they are, how much they need to learn. Um, like, Enero, do you believe that, like, do you believe Niles' career could be over after this split, after this year? Um, and I know you didn't, I, I don't know how much control you had over the roster. I don't imagine it was much considering the financial elements, but the concern is, like, is this process even healthy for rookies? Yeah, so it's an understandable concern. Like, I totally get where that's coming from because a lot of the time what happens is these guys get brought in. Um, and if you don't look good your first split, like, you get just fucking kicked. You get kicked and forgotten about, and that's just, like, kept with you your entire career. Um, so I completely understand where that's coming from. Like, totally. I, I think, overall, it's a rough spot to be into, um, like, coming in and having all this pressure and having all these things that you have to get better at and learn. Um, and I know Niles hasn't like perfected everything at all yet. Like he's improving slowly, but it's not necessarily showing on stage. Like hell, I mean, our last game, we ran into the same things that we had pop up at the start of the year, where it's like two deaths, like four minutes into the game. But like he has gotten better, and I think the most important part with it to making sure these people's careers aren't ruined is just being clear about the fact that you know, like he came in with no experience, and he took a risk on himself and a chance on himself, and he was given that opportunity. And I'm not kicking him just because he did poorly from it. And I told him that coming in, that as long as you're trying and getting better at it, I'm not just going to kick you out the door immediately. And if I did that, that would just be fucked by me. If I just like kicked him immediately, like, oh, you're just playing awful. Then it's like, what was I doing? Like, I'm an idiot for doing this in the first place. You know, like I've just ruined you for no reason. Um, but as long as he's getting better through the split, then I'm happy overall with this happening. As long as we're not planning to just like offload him. Like after the year, just like, yeah, you're gone. This wasn't good, sorry. At least like trying to build him up no matter what. Like our whole goal coming in initially was like bringing him in for Academy. Um, and that's what we like talked to these guys about too. Um, and turned into LCS for him, made sure he was okay with like taking that risk for himself. 
and that, yeah, I'm going to give you the chance to just fail on stage. If you want to take that risk with us and go, like, I'll give you the chance to fail. Um, but I can understand where the concern's coming from. I totally get it. I don't really know, like, what else more to say other than that, you know? We just have to see, like, how it goes in summer. Whether, like, I did my job well as a coach and helped him get better with it. Because um, I've seen it in practice. I've seen it in practice constantly. Like, he's getting better. He's recognizing patterns a lot better. He's getting more consistent about what he's doing. Um, all the guys are getting more consistent about what they're doing. We just fucking sucked on stage. Like, really, really hard on stage. <laughs> like, we're, and, like, people hate to hear that. Like, oh, scrims are going well, you know? Like, they hate to hear it. Um, but, like, we've sucked with fucking confidence on stage. And honestly, I kind of expected that that would happen. Um, I was just hoping we'd be able to force more with, like, the vocal voices in our team. But ultimately, like, when I watch the team and, like, and I get to hear everything internal, the most vocal people on our team are, like, Niles and Ablaze Olive, who are rookies. I know Olive's been around for a long time now, so he's got a lot less stress on himself. But Niles has been able to stay vocal despite all of this and is a big part of the fact we've been able to be in, like, any sort of winning position in a lot of games because he's trying to carry through that. So at least all I hope from it is that he's getting a good experience from it. And if it goes bad for him on the year, like, I hope people will be able to look and just say, like, that's a fault of the coaches at Golden Guardians. And that's all I would want from them. Because I'm at least giving this time to him and making sure that he's got that ability to just keep pushing himself and get better. On, um, like, how the year has gone so far, obviously, like, you're talking about struggles on stage. Um, but with how the roster was constructed and like you said hey you're gonna have an opportunity to come and learn and you're probably gonna fail on stage are you good like taking that risk and kind of all agreeing to take that risk together where in this project if you want to call it that like would you say you feel like the team is at because everyone all, all the analysts pundits and stuff said all right 10th place team right here you got three yeah. wins a lot of the losses looked pretty bad you know like how how like is this below it's like you know how it's like a weird question to ask like because if you're expected to get 10th you know this is expectation but is it below expectation for the the stage development versus scrim development or do you think it's like going according to what you thought it would or is it better or worse like all that kind of stuff uh, i mean there's some parts where it's below for sure like i definitely had some higher expectations on things that we'd be able to do as a team based off of like how we were looking when we were doing um trials and initially through scrims at the beginning of the year where we had a lot more confidence in like where this was headed um but i think we're hitting like the points we want to to improve on as a team especially for like our young guys that are here like um iconic niles uh those guys have been doing really well with the things that they've had to learn because they've had to catch up on so much so obviously like only having three wins from this sucks we were in a good position and like a good few of the games like i've always obviously gone back and looked like what our consistent problems were and where we were at in terms of actually being able to win other games and like we were in decent spots through them just lacking a lot of shit macro wise and a lot of shit just fundamentally of what to do in the game and it takes time but i think we're about where we kind of would expect to be these guys but obviously like i was hoping for for way better with us so i was more so disappointed in myself to not be able to pull that out from everyone and keep pushing them along with it I, I think one thing I would say is like there is a opinion that I, I understand where it comes from because we have seen this before, but I think the assumption that a player can have a terrible experience um, in the LCS or perform terribly and then not recover is not proven out 100% of the time. 
So Neo is a good example of this, right? Like he played under what Asta, I believe, is his it was his handle on yeah. Optic. Obviously, a shorter period of time, but oh, go ahead, Mark. I was gonna say even better example on the same team is um, oh my gosh, Fake God and Saligo. There we go. Um, Asta was okay in his like Immortals games. Saligo got trashed repeatedly mid lane, got benched. They brought they they benched someday to put Fake God in so that they could bring back Ryu. Was it? And then Fake God had a pretty rough go of things in the top lane, even though they won more. And now they're both on Dignitas and, and doing much better. So, like, you can, you can get slammed for a split or, or so and, and still um, improve and, and get better and turn it around. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think the question of – and I'm not trying to say that the question of, like, should Niles have started an academy? Like, that, I, don't, I think that's a fair question or a fair question and, like – and Arrow's not in the position. Academy, it would be smoother for him. Right. Of course. Like, 100%, it would be smoother for him. That's just how it works. Like, but you I, get time I, to get used to things and learn a lot more. Because in collegiate, like, you're not going to catch up on a lot of that stuff. But unfortunately, in Academy, you're going to miss out on a lot of shit, too. Because Academy's also pretty rough. Yeah. And Mark, that, let me that, ask you, you this, because if I ask an Arrow, it's kind of an awkward question for him, but... You know, one thing I've thought about with this is like, okay, Golden, if you're Golden Guardians, you have the small budget. It's interesting because I'm like, who are they supposed to run with that small budget? Especially if if you know that you're not going to Worlds this year, essentially. No offense, Nero. Um, you know, like I, so I offended Travis. I think, I think that there is a a quite. I, I it's like interesting because I think a lot of fans would be like, oh, well, you should run like Hanser or somebody like that. But I don't think it's that absurd to suggest like running rookie players is a bad idea. I don't know. I'm curious what you think of this, Mark. I think, um, I mean, I I was vocal about this even before. You know, as soon as relegations were removed, I was like, teams should be realistic about like, hey, seventh place roster, you're not fucking good enough with your lineup of veterans to make worlds, and there's no relegation anymore. So why what are you doing? You know, like what's what's your vision with this roster? There, there was a number of teams in 2018 and 19 that I had the same feeling on. It's like I'm much happier to see teams and even CLG this split this year got criticism for that kind of approach where it's like okay, you kind of shelled out for a fair amount of veterans, but they don't seem to have the firepower to really go toe to toe with the world's bound teams that we we were predicting. So, you know, what is the goal here? Um and that's why I like teams like Dignitas, Golden Guardians, um, Immortals. whatnot, Immortals, yeah, do, doing this kind of approach. I think Golden Guardians had to go <laughs> even more Moneyball in some sense. Like, I don't know what everyone's financial situation is, but it's at least public-facing, it seems like they had the toughest go of things. And so if you're looking at, like, hot young talent that I'm going to take a shot on, you know, I'm sure... Palafox commanded a bigger salary than, than uh, you got buyouts, bro. Yeah, and buyouts and stuff. I don't, I don't know exactly. <laughs> you got buyouts on everyone in academy, so right. Uh, so like, yeah, I don't, I don't know what their option first. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know what the exact situation was and who they they could have exactly grabbed. Um, so I, I don't hate the idea of going for rookies with a team that knows that like they don't have the salaries to compete necessarily. And they mm -hmm. had to sell off their entire. It's not even like they had pieces sitting there, you know. Like this, this whole roster got sold off to hundred thieves, right? So it's not even like, well, I have a pretty good young guy developing currently. Like you had to rebuild from scratch too. Yeah, I'm a for me at least. Like I'm happy with 
like our guys how they did this year because it's fucking tough for them obviously we didn't perform but i'm happy with them because they took a risk on themselves like even just accepting the offer knowing it because like I, I tried to be as upfront as possible about what it was going to be for everyone joining like it's going to be like rough for you it's not going to just magically work at the start so you have to be ready to like take a lot of criticism you're gonna have to take a lot of like blunt criticism from us to get better on the community's obviously going to rail you and you have to be ready for that and like obviously i'm going to try to help you with that but you have to be ready um and they took it in stride like our team environment has remained really fucking positive with our group like everyone is making improvements like there's still that pressure that we just suck out on stage and i could have done a lot more to help facilitate that too I think I took it like a little too easy in terms of trying not to have too much internal pressure in practice where I could have pushed like way harder to try to create that pressure in practice more so, so that everyone is used to it. And I think like I failed as a coach on that end. Um, and I tried to adapt to too many things away from our strengths to try and work on, um, just weaknesses too much rather than trying to really, really push on what we were already strong at. And that part failed on my end and I could have done way better on it, but I'm really happy with what our guys have done. Um, then I'm just going to keep pushing on it in the direction where I've learned a lot about how they work as a group and where we can make changes and work on that and push it even further. And yeah, I just want to show it for summer and I'm just happy with them. I'm happy with how they've done because it's a fucking hard spot to be in. And us being last is just, that's just a failure on me. That's just it. Well, hmm. EO, you've made a narrow... He's, he looks like he's on the verge of tears right now, talking about his own failure. Are you happy with yourself, Eo? <laughs> no, man. Totally fine, is... bro. No. <laughs> I'm watching he's the delay too. I'm watching <laughs> delay video on this, and and here, if you are like getting misty-eyed, like I just, it's it's. Oh, uh, no, don't worry, man. I'm not. I, I'm oh, very. I... I'm hard on myself, like before any of this. So like. Oh I, no, I'm not. I'm not. Okay. Well. I, I appreciate uh, I appreciate people that get misty-eyed about taking great passion and what they care about and the people that they care about. Um, so, like, if you were getting misty-eyed, then that's great. If you're not, then well, I guess you're. Uh, then you're I a guess monster. You don't really care about it's, your job. It's, it's out of <laughs> yeah. my system already, boss. Don't worry. I had my, <laughs> I had my tears through the split. And Nero already end. punched I'm a good. bunch of holes in walls. He's over it. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, behind the camera, there's just 50 holes in this wall. What it's do you think that that that, that yeah the. Uh, the waves and sunset is covering. It's a giant hole in the wall behind him. <laughs> yeah, that's why it's one, just hanging there. Yeah. One big right brand logo yeah. behind that. Yeah. EO, anything you want to shout out before we uh, go on to the next caller? Yeah, naturally. Um, want to go ahead and shout out um, our, our two quintessentials for Travis Gafford Industries with uh, Game Fuel and Alienware. I also want to give a shout out uh, to, my, to my boy uh, Sean Britton, the host of Rift Review, as well as everything else he has with Vega and Maggi um they do a lot of their own small time work um but thanks for having me on anero thank you for your time I, I really appreciated getting your perspective on how you were treating your guys and really helping them survive this uh gauntlet of a of an introduction to pro scene it's uh it's been wonderful oh man i appreciate the take have a good one all right, uh, we're in the final minute of a scam train, a level three scam train. As as Marcus pointed out, I'm incapable of not pointing that out. So if we get any more subs, that would it be helpful to keep that thing running? Uh, that scam train currently powered by Travis Gafford gifting a sub to Avli May, uh, D9 who gifted five subs, Kelby who gifted a sub to Didgery Drew ninety. D9 is popping off with the uh, with the uh, subs. He's been What's gifting that? a lot. Who? D9 has been gifting oh, yes. a lot D9, of subs. D9 has been 
every now and then somebody comes along who just like drops a ton of subs on the channel for like the course of Got like a month or two. Got my check. Let's drop some subs. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, five foot from the moon is here. Where are you calling from? Calling from San Francisco. San Francisco. Uh, what do you want to talk about on the show? So I wanted to talk about 100 Thieves again. Uh, I think 100 Thieves with Ryoma will always be a worse version of the top three teams and will lose to Dignitas. With Demonte, they can embrace the roaming mid style and crack the top three. If the 100 Thieves wants to go to Worlds, they should double down on Demonte and his play style. All right, here we go. So Kelsey, I don't know if she's still in the chat, but before she had said she wanted to see a Ryoma and Demonte is not the problem uh, take. And uh, instead, we're going to get a, a the opposite, which is uh, Demonte and Rayoma. Rayoma is the problem. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so why do you think that this is the case? Uh, <clears throat> so Rayoma is like plays majors and control uh, majors. Um, every mid laner in the top three teams is a better version of that, um, and they have other players that are better in each role. Um, and I wanted to give a quick rundown of how <clears throat> uh, both how 100 Thieves did with both Rayoma and Demonte in the regular season. If that's all right. Sure, go for it. So with Rayoma, they went three and three. They lost to all the top three teams, uh, and then they won against IMT, Golden Gardens, and FlyQuest. With Demonte, they went eight and four, and they only they lost to C9 twice, uh, to TSM and Golden Guardians. But Golden Guardians is not fair because Inero's there, and he's the Kryptonite, so he kind of has some inside information. Um, we almost lost think... that game, man. <laughs> yeah, thank yeah. you. And yet yeah, you were so... able to pull it off with a roster that was much cheaper. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. I don't think Demonte is pigeonholed as much as people say he is. Um, people say if you ban uh, Twisted Fate and Galio, then he doesn't have any other picks. But there's also Nocturne. Recently, we've seen Ari. We've seen uh, good Silas play. Uh, and reminiscent of his Kiana, you can pull out a Talon or use a set to just nullify a lane. So if you're playing against something like Perks, you just like nullify a lane and don't let him do anything. All right. Um, yeah, go ahead and arrow. Kick I off. think uh, I think the result would have likely been fairly similar no matter what. Unfortunately, um, obviously, like Demonte has these like other picks that he plays, but what I really think Demonte provided for the team wasn't necessarily always in game. Like he, he's very good in terms of just the intangibles for like a sports and competitive team. But even with him on the team, like even though I think you said they were eight and four or whatever, they could have like easily had just four of those wins. Like they, they were in so many situations. I think like when when it was 20, uh, 2019 or what is it, 2020 summer, it was like we would have like big gold leads and throw them and we would lose it. And I think the start of the split, it was the opposite where they would be behind and they would just end up winning the game instead. Um, so like they could have easily been in like the same spot where their record doesn't look that great with Demonte either. Uh, I don't think it changes too much. I think the biggest strength that Demonte had with like playing those picks and why those picks worked for that team was just because it had another person willing to like start fights for them and to like make something happen with them. Because um, I think generally this team like really, really heavily relied on, at least while like I worked with them, closer being an engaged source to start things for them or like make plays, just actually make something happen on the map. Because um, he was the one who would call it. Like he's the big caller on the team. He's the big initiator. He's the person who has the killer instinct on the team. Tanner being able to do it, like he wouldn't necessarily make the greatest plays. Like he would do some int shit all the time too, but like he would be willing to actually get something going and like force it. He was like trying to find a play to make. He was trying to like push and kill the people. Uh, Closer, I think, 
is the next biggest person alongside FBI that does that. And unfortunately, like right now, like what they're playing isn't necessarily uh, enabling it too much. I mean, I think with like Olaf can kind of work in like good situations. I know Cole's are really always like playing Olaf. Um, but are they playing engaged champions? Like I think the meta where we did the best in 2020 summer was when it was a uh, like set Volibear jungle meta, just because Closer could be the person who pulled the trigger and went. But he was a good in Italy, but we couldn't win because he wasn't on engage. Like that was our problem almost every time. It was he didn't have engage, so we would lose. It would feel really hard because no one else could make the call and punish when they needed to. There was too much hesitation. So I think that's what they're lacking. I don't think Ryoma or Demonte really changes that too much. So, Inero, I'm curious. Do you think, off. like, okay, so maybe Demonte or Ryoma don't actually have that much of a, uh, an impact on whether or not they win or lose these games, but which one should they play with? <laughs> I, I don't know. Whichever one they feel like closer to as a team. Whoever they feel better with as a team. Like if you get more along with people, it's a lot easier to to learn what you need to do and feel comfortable and like trust each other. Because a lot of what leads to hesitation is just a lack of trust. It's either a lack of understanding of what to do, so you're not sure and you doubt yourself, or you're not sure if your teammate will back you up. So you don't really want to go. So whoever they feel most comfortable with, they should play with. So if it's Ryoma, then like shit man. I guess it's just Ryoma who you should play with. But it's not it's not going to be a solution to their issues, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I... Uh, so it is I, what it is. I, I, I largely agree with that. I mean, this is something that I, I've talked about, I think, a couple of times. Just, like, by the time they subbed Ryoma in, DeMonte wasn't even playing, you know, TF and Galio that much anymore. There were games where it was left up and they didn't play it. They were still playing mostly standard control mages. Um, and they were having their issues of the failed dives, the lack of proactivity. I mean... They, they were one of the least active teams in the early game uh, at generating kills. I mean, they, they secured objectives and whatnot and used their bot lane pressure to stack dragons a lot of times. And that's how they, they won some of those games that they probably should have lost was it'd be soul point. The other team would biff the soul point uh, despite being up in gold. And then uh, they, they won those and, and stuff like that. So to Nero's point, yeah, they were eight and four with Demonte, but they easily could have lost a lot of those games, like the CLG one. They did end up losing. I think both CLG ones. I think they played two. I could be wrong. Um, and then the the Golden Guardians one, they did lose. There were a number of games where, where they were really struggling. And I think if you just go by record, you go, oh, they're eight and four. They're super strong. But I, I think they also recognize that, like, no, we are struggling, which is why you saw some of these changes come in despite the positive record. And the six and six, or excuse me, the three and three that happened after the swap was more indicative of the problems that they were already having than Ryoma came in and tanked this team's split or anything like that. And uh, I think, you know, Travis asked the question, which one would you rather have? You can have that that debate, but like the differences in their play is not as big as the difference in the fall off of the rest of the team from the lock-in tournament, if that makes sense. What yeah. I'm trying to say. Like, like what happened in, in Lockin? It's like, well, top three in every position, except arguably mid, you could say maybe, uh, but even then DeMonte was playing super well. And then it's like, well, not, nothing is working anymore. Uh, and it's not just the mid lane that, that stopped working. No, 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 I, like you... that. I really think the only big thing that DeMonte provided like different that could help or intangibles outside of the game. And he didn't really hesitate to force a play, whether it was good or bad. He would just yeah. kind of make it happen. And that team lacks it. 
I think, outside of closer and FBI. Yeah, I think uh, Emily Ran was the, the first person I saw. I heard say Moodmaker a lot when she was talking about sword art, but I think that probably applies to DeMonte, at least like looking at player camps and show, you know, I'm not on that team, but he did seem to bring a good amount of energy and like attitude, um, which sometimes seems lack. They just look dead inside when they play. <laughs> I've been on teams where, you know, that's the mood, you know, getting into the VOD review after the game and everyone's just staring at the floor and wants to yeah. get the fuck out of there. I mean, just, uh, I think a big thing that can show it is like watch their first game versus C9 and watch the first dragon. It's like the dragon that happens like a lot later and like they have full control and they just kind of let C9 walk through the choke and then they walk through the choke. Like they walk into their own choke, like he backs up into their own and just dies. Like it's, they could have been holding that like. Ryama could be stepping up and just holding the ball there, trying to like at least keep them zoned off. They could be trying to force it first, knowing that they're going to walk in and fight it, but they kind of just fall over and die. And that's uh, that's what that team's missing. Like they're good fucking players, but it's, it's missing that that piece, that piece to just go and punish. And that's why like C9 and TL and these teams are so fucking good. I don't think they hesitate at all. They know what they want to do, and I think they trust each other to back each other up. And yeah, the hundred thieves group doesn't necessarily have that together right now. I don't think Demonte or Rayoma changes that too too much, unfortunately. The mid the hundred team mid lane situation is a red herring. Fans all want to just say it's oh Mark you're muted. Mark you're very passionately talking, and you're muted. passionately muted. No, I was fuck me. Anyways, I was saying that I actually said the same thing to myself today. I was like, man, this Demonte Rayoma thing is such a red herring, and it's like fun to talk about, but like. No, there's so many other things. Red herring was my exact talking myself words. I'm glad you said it, Travis. Respect restored. Thank, oh, wow. I feel like I lose and gain it so frequently with you. I, it's it's a roller coaster. You really keep me. It's a very fluid guessing. commodity. Yeah. Vault uh, Moon. Sounds like these guys don't give a shit who they play. Um, sorry to say. I mean, they might be doing a lot better with Ryoma in practice. I haven't. I don't think we've scrimmed them since they did the change. That was. And it might be like because he could also just be having hesitation on stage from just like pressure. But I don't know if he's a big voice. I don't know much about Ryoma personally. I feel like changes that because he might. He just may like struggle to do it on stage because I know that can happen sometimes. The pressure. Moon. Yeah, I'm still here. Um, I mean, I, w I would have loved to see uh, Karthus knock out of 100 Thieves with Demonte. Uh, that would have been really awesome. Um, but yeah, it's a, more of a team issue than uh, I mean, a player. E even to that point, too, like, I don't know. I doubt Zix has like 100% draft control. Maybe he does. Um, but you look at FBX and Doinbee's playing, Renekton mid, Rumble mid. I think he played the Nocturne as well. You know, he's playing these champs that are very much Doinbee champs. And everyone was talks always uses him as the shining example of the mid laner who says fuck the meta and does what works for him. Uh, why DeMonte did not attempt that and instead start playing the control mages, we don't know. Like, that might be DeMonte saying, no, I think this is the right way to play the game. Um, and, like, I, no, I don't, I'm not saying this is DeMonte, but I know players who have don't want to, like, 
not play the meta because it's viewed as a weakness and they don't like they'd rather play the meta things not as well uh because they think they play them fine and it's uh i think a lot of time there's a pushback on like this idea that no go play the off meta thing that's your play style and and at least in north america it feels like there's not many people who who actually want to do that um i know uh i know demonte did want to play like control mage stuff because when he was on our team like he really wanted to like show he could do that and force that as a team and um I kind of forced the opposite. Um, I made sure we were still trying to play the same shit we were doing, um, but it was just kind of for the same reason we've already hit on. We kind of like relied on on him being on kind yeah. of those picks to get fights started for us, make plays happen, and call shit. Yeah, I mean, like the meta was moving towards control mage. You know, Ori is here. I think Incendra probably one, two, three in most games played this split. Um, highest presence at yeah. least I, I would bet so like to that point like a lot of mid laners don't want to and not mid laners i should say a lot of players don't want to go no i'm not going to play the meta stuff i'm not great at it or my team doesn't need like you know it's, it's a very contentious point when you get into those situations so who knows you know and then if you're doing that then yeah it's it's i, I wouldn't necessarily just blame coaches if, if that's happening because I, I don't know what's happening moon Thank you so much for the call. Anything you want to shout out before we take a quick break? Yeah, um, shout out to Game Fuel. I uh, was able to order some Game Fuel to San Francisco. Wasn't able to before, so that's nice. Yeah, now um, it's shipping also, to California. Also, uh, shout out to Raz. Uh, he's back on the broadcast, and he brings so much great energy. I love his Zordon reference, uh, being in the studio, which is this giant screen. Um, and I also love how animated he gets during arguments. He's like turning his face to the side as if he's actually on a desk. You know, he's doing a video call, so it's like some nice awareness to see from, uh, from a caster like that. Yeah, I, uh, I actually, it's a great call out on both of those. Thank you for shouting at both of them. I, uh, I didn't really mention this. I should have, but it was, it felt so good to have Raz on the desk. I think, uh, much like yeah. when he's on a hotline league, he forces energy out of people. Like, you know, I, I love Mark and Emily and, and other folks, but like, tend to be kind of uh kind of chill in their presentation sometimes you know and then raz comes in like a wrecking ball and is like what mark you're crazy you're crazy and then mark ra gets rise of the challenge and i think it just it adds a lot of energy it's really good having that uh also with the studio space i think and and having dash be able to walk around um in a in a giant room that makes him look small unfortunately i think was also really great so I, it's a good call out so. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> thanks. Thanks for having me on the show. Thanks, man. Yeah, Appreciate thanks, the take, man. bro. Have a good one. All right. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. Just shout out Game Fuel. We're going to talk about Game Fuel right now. Their logo's up in the rotation. Uh, so one thing I, I mentioned previously was uh, GameFuel.com. Mountain Dew Game Fuel, by the way, is what we're talking about. Um, you can now ship to California from there. Uh, which is great news because for a while I think it, it, they were not. Uh, but you can use Travis to get, save 5% off your order of Game Fuel. And now, now they have unlocked the Victory Pass rewards. So uh, previously they only had uh, levels 1 through 5 unlocked. And if you don't remember what Victory Pass is, or maybe you've mentioned, you've, you haven't heard me mention this before uh, as part of the sponsorship they have for the show, um, they have something that's very similar to a Battle Pass if you've ever done anything like this in league or Fortnite or whatever games you play uh where you can actually level up your victory pass as you're purchasing through the website 
and uh, climb these higher levels. They now have unlocked the rest of the uh, rewards for levels six through 20. And you have about, I think it's, uh, oh man, I forgot when, when they, it expires. Oh, um, oh well, I'm looking for it right now. I'm going to have to get back to you folks. But you have quite some time to start leveling up your victory pass. They've got all sorts of cool stuff on there, including uh, a hat and uh, some uh, Twitch bits and a pin pack and a shirt and all sorts of cool stuff that you can get uh, by leveling this thing up. So go check it out, uh, gamefield.com. You can use Travis to save uh, 5% off your order. I'm going to actually do uh, exclamation mark game feel in the chat uh, so that people in the Twitch chat can see uh, the, the link that you can use. If it is not available in your area or when you go there, you want a certain flavor, it's not showing up. I also have in the Twitch chat, but also in the link in the description of this YouTube video if you're watching on YouTube, uh, an Amazon link, which actually does help me if you purchase through there. So obviously, you know, unfortunately... You can't get access to like the 5% off or the the victory pass rewards if you're doing it. But if you're really craving it or you want to try it, and unfortunately there are a couple places still that they don't ship, you can use that Amazon link. Uh, and if you do, again, it's really helpful because it just allows us to make sure we, we can report that to them and say like, hey, we helped uh, sell this piece of product for you. So thank you so much to GameFuel uh, for their support of the show. It's been awesome to have them be a sponsor for us. I continue to love their product, uh, and uh, Mark continues to tear through cases of it. Uh, Mark, did you get the new shipment yet? Did it show up? Yeah, we talked about it. Remember I said that I, uh, the same You've... day that that happened, I, I realized I had... Yeah, you had some of the previous ones. So now you're stocked up for a while, which is good. Yeah, so. I'm, I'm Gucci. Yeah. Either way, thank you so much uh, to Gamefield for their support of the show. We're next up for the, uh, we're next up for the next caller. Uh, thank you to Kyle0808 for the 38 months at Tier 2. Uh, D9TV gifted a sub to Mark Erwatt, subbed for a uh, for month. Appreciate it. Laja25 Cal Calculus, uh, Vicar Vicarious, Squeezy Octo, and then uh, D9TV gifted a sub to Jules. So thank you to everybody. Oh, and Kyle0808 gifted another sub. He's gifted 901 subs in the channel. My God. I think he's he's definitely in the lead by quite a bit. Hello. Um, hello, Mesh. Where are you calling hello. from? Hi. Uh, calling from Bellevue. Sorry, I'm turning you up to, to... You're kind of a little muffled. Yeah. Can you, where are you calling from? Bellevue, Washington. Bellevue, Washington. Okay, I have you on max, yeah. so I don't know if you can get a little closer to your microphone, but... Uh, what do you want to talk about on the show? Um, my topic was um, basically Fudge uh, showed that he pretty much lived up to his words. Um, in your interview, he mentioned that he was going to uh, show up better in best of fives because of his uh, versatility and champ pool depths. Um, I think he showed that this weekend against 100 Thieves. He played three different champs, he had different styles, um, and he uh, he had like, I just, he had good game impact on all of them. Flanks on Renekton when he needed to, he was- You're getting quieter as you keep talking. I, I, I <laughs> sorry. Are sorry. you hovering backwards? Is it, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you Slowly walking away from the microphone as you talk it. So you, you said he, uh, he, he showed uh, a, a good deal of depth and 
uh, champion and, and play styles across those three games, Mesh? Uh, yeah, that was pretty much it. And uh, he, he blind picked in games one and two. So that was that was also um, pretty impressive, I think. Are I you, thought, I mean, so the, you're the referencing, we, I think, the interview in which he said he was, Alfari is the only better top laner than him. Uh, Mesh. Yeah, I think it was in that interview, right? I think that was I where he said so. that. Yeah. I believe so. Because I challenged him on that, and he said he feels like, or he, he thought he would show it in these best of fives. By the way, shout out, I know Mark's going to say something, but shout out to Fudge for getting me a bunch of dislikes on my video. I I used the headline, which was his quote, which was like, Alfari is the only better top laner than him. And so many people were so pissed about this that like the video got like 40% dislikes and it got ratioed. Um, and I was like, you, you fools, stop disliking this video. It's not... It's hitting me, not Fudge, who you seem to be disagreeing with, and they, they didn't care. Yeah, direct your result. hatred directly to Fudge at uh, what is what is his Twitter handle? No, no, no please do not tweet <laughs> at Fudge, but perhaps cheer Fudge against Fudge him Hakey. if you feel like he's like, you know, incorrect or something. <laughs> he says DM him on Twitter. Okay, he says there DM him on Twitter, so whatever. At, at Fudge Cakey, uh, if, if anyone. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I thought that this take was going to be a lot. Uh, you know, this was a very respectful presentation by Mesh. I thought, you know, if you're a fan of Fudge, you're like, where, the, where are all the haters now? Where the fuck are all the haters? After walking, everyone was flaming the shit out of him and is how hard he got top-gapped by Someday and Alfari. And, and now, like, you know, where is everyone? Where are all those people? Yeah. No, it's good to see him do really well. I know, uh, yeah, everyone fucking hated him and lock in because of the interview. I think that was, that was uh, the community, like, turned on him because of the interview. Or he called like everyone bad. And obviously, he clarified later. He's like, I think I'm bad too. Uh, everyone just wanted to hate him for that really hard. But like, dude, every every team, I'm pretty sure, like tried to go after Fudge in off season. So like, that doesn't happen when a player is just shit, you know. So it's good to see him do good. Pretty yeah, sure they'll just keep developing even more. Because when he came from OS, like that was his first year playing. I'm fairly certain. At least that's what like everyone told me. Like Fudge can obviously correct. He's in the chat, but that was like his first year playing competitively was when he was with man went to worlds in his first year pretty sure that was his first year like actually competing but i'm not sure no, he's in chat he can correct yeah I'm what I, remember. To say. I didn't yeah. see him before uh before mammoth All played one split in oce player. then na so it looks like he didn't even play a full yeah. year and he went to worlds so he's pretty good yeah yeah i think he's, uh, uh, he's coming in hot obviously he's got like a really good team around him to help him develop and uh, they've got like a pretty Pretty big, good stuff there. So he's going to develop all pretty fast. I think, um, I mean, it's one of those things where he had some pretty rough best of five opponents uh, right out the gate, you know, Someday and Alfari. Um, and the, all of C9 wasn't playing quite as well as they were uh, as the season went on. And so, I mean, I, he, yeah, he kind of got crapped on those series, but that was like probably 1 2, 1 3 in, in most people's opinion of top laners. Uh, coming out of last year that he was going to be going up against and you have to play a full series against them 10 games in a row like that's going to make you look way worse than if like okay he played one game against them and then he played one game against Niles and then one game against Licorice and then one you know like it's a, it was a pretty biased sample size uh, <laughs> you know for why he uh, took as much of a beating as, as he did and like he obviously improved a lot since then too and uh, yeah I think uh 
I didn't have to make a top laner power ranking, so no one can go back and tell me that this is bullshit. But I definitely would have had him in my top five for sure. So oh, I, what a bold claim in quick, this top five. That's quick, quick question crazy. for both of you. That's me, man. Hot takes coming out weeks after that they were supposed to come out. Okay, quick, quick question for you, both of you guys, because the caller is, is leveraging this weekend's games as evidence, right? We've just spent a lot of time talking about the fact that 100T has a lot of problems. So how much credit should he get for his performance this weekend if we think that 100T is a fairly flawed team right now? I mean, so... It's like saying you can't credit any any people because like most of the teams are flawed. I so said, flawed. I'm asking how much credit... Shit, you know, like, like, not, I'm, I'm asking how much credit, not does he get zero credit? So that's what I'm saying is like, is, is there any discount or did he, is he deserve all the credit for rocking it this weekend? I'd say it's like a 10% off deal. Uh, you know, a little bit from, from the lack of hundred thieves coordination, the, the second gank on him into the, when his wave was pushing by closer and the enemy team had TP after they just blew their TP on the dive and his sign just farmed the whole wave from death. And they, they try to kill him again. That's kind of a troll play. And, uh, you know, at a hundred thieves. So that that's ten percent off his, his performance right there. Cause I guess I guess my question is like what you know, if he played against Hooney, for instance, who's like on the one of the top three all pros, um, would we be feeling this good about his performance? Obviously I guess we, we don't know and, and... Uh, so I I'm memeing, but um like I think he played a lot better than he, he did the first time the the first best of five and I think he played He's been improving over the course of the split. He, to the caller who was talking about it previously, blind picked the first two games. First counter pick was GP. He forced his flash 1v1. There were a couple ganks up there, um, but it was not a very, not most of the games are pretty slow, not that action heavy. So there was a fair amount of isolated 1v1 laning. Uh, and despite being counter picked and ganked in some of these, uh, he was usually even or ahead in CS. I think he was down 10 after the 10, 10 to 20 on the Scion game, but like Scion into Aatrox is kind of shit. <laughs> and then he, when he had his counter pick with the set, it was a nice counter pick. It worked really well with the comps, or what the comp he was playing into. And it's not, it's like a niche counter pick. So you like to see the champ pool flexed a little bit. And then he, he had a huge CS lead over someday with the Bork yeah. first build. So it was, like, it was kind of weird. They just blind picks Cho, the other team. Is that, is that normal? Was anyone else in the world doing that? I thought that was kind of weird. It was I kind think of blind pick Cho, and I was like, okay, was, are they playing like Senate Jogath or something? I was confused. They were scared of Karma. Right, I think yeah. it was, I think it was yeah, the Karma flex. But yeah, I was still. gonna say because Fudge previously showed that Karma. It was still weird. <laughs> it's kind of strange, but he did well on it. Um, I mean, obviously, I think playing against Alfari Impact is gonna be a lot more um, telling, like individually. But you still can't take away like how good, like he's played on the team he's on. Obviously, it's gonna be a bit easier on the best team, but. He's still like doing his job for them. He's good. Well, I continue to hope he pops off because uh, I want my my likes back on my fudge interviews, and I think it's. Uh, I think people really are going to go back to your interview, Travis, and like it. What's that? I think people are going to go back to your interview. I'm just saying, like I, in the future, Fudge will probably continue to say very yeah, bold but... things about how good he is, yeah. and uh, I will continue to make that the headline. And I don't want. You're to gonna get all keep getting like... downvoted when they go to MSI and he's shit talking, Khan and Nuggery and stuff. 
you know, you think that's going to do well for your headline when Fudge says that these guys suck? At least it's more fun. At least it, like, gives some sort of rivalry. Because I know, like, it pissed everyone off. Yeah. For sure, it pissed, like, every team off when that happens. Because everyone's just like, oh, the fucking ego on this guy, man. I thought... It's so fucked up. But, like, even if you get mad at it, like, it's good. It's good that, like, someone's doing that. Well, I mean, I I was going to say, like, this... so boring. For a long time, we have been sad that, like, LCS pros don't speak up, that they don't... That there's not as much storyline and rivalry and all that stuff. I think we actually have a lot this year, and it's kind of going by the wayside. Uh, you know, I've been a little critical because I feel like it's stuff's not being brought up as much. But yeah, I mean, I think it's great that Fudge is saying all this stuff. Perks is saying stuff. Core JJ, I did that interview with him today where he said he's excited to watch TSM Legends after he's beat TSM. I mean, that stuff is great, and there's a bunch of these pro players that are doing this stuff. So people complaining about this stuff can go. I don't know. Watch a, a league that this stuff doesn't happen. I, I'm just happy we're finally getting the stuff again. So that's um, really good. Especially yeah. like, if you get flamed back because you flamed, like good. At least people are interacting. You know. Yeah. At least people are caring enough to say like, "Yeah, fuck you, man. Like you did bad. You suck." Yeah. Like, Neo City is the best AD in the league. Like that's great. I love that. Please more. Uh, anyway, thank you so much, Mesh, for the call. Anything you want to shout out before we go on to our last caller? Uh, yeah, just shout out my wife. She's uh, always putting up with me watching these games and talking about them. So <laughs> she doesn't shout really follow out. much, but yeah. she keeps up with it. It's a good shout out. I appreciate it. Thank you uh, so much, yeah. Mesh, for the call. Appreciate the take, man. See you. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. All right. Last caller coming in. Kelby's still in the chat. He's actually watched the whole show. My God. Um... <laughs> Kelsey. Kelsey says this is too wholesome and then uses the hang up emote. Uh let's see, where are we? I believe Kyle zero eight zero eight gifted another sub. Um I might have already shouted that one out. But regardless, thank you. OPTSM fan, thirty one months says, uh nice hair by the way, Travis. Also I love me some Nick Smith. There you go. Yeah, look at look at you getting comments on your hair right now. Look then look at my hair right now. How how are you getting compliments? Okay, your hair looks great. In the same room. Don't be insecure about it. It looks great. Yeah. He, by the way, Mark's constantly doing like weird, swooping things. But I we went for like a, a socially distanced walk the other day, and he just like flipped his hair to the side at one point in time. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, there it goes. Anyway, Quill, where are you calling from? Connecticut. How are you doing? Connecticut. Nice to talk to you. Uh, what do you want to talk about on the show tonight? A lot of hundred thieves talk, but my question is kind of in regards to Demonte's mental and like after watching the team play and maybe not doing as well as he thought uh, they should have if he was playing or whatever the narrative is. Um, what is he, what's it, what, what do you think he's thinking right now after they kind of underperformed and how do you, what do you think he's working on to like get back into the starting roster? Well, here I can, I can answer this question. He tweeted a, a here. He retweeted a poem today. Yeah. I- Sometimes you're the boxer, sometimes you're the bag. Don't flex as much as the boxer, don't dwell as much as the bag. Both get knocked down, both require the other. Learn, let go. Champions get knocked down, champions get up. Focus on what you do next, focus on how you do next. So there you go, that answers your question. That's what he's thinking right now. That's where his mental Uh, is. I just want to apologize to the the Twitch chat. I didn't realize I pulled this many hundred teams takes, so that's my bad. I mean, it's okay. Call it, call it. This call is it. A, I'll take that L. This is a Demonte 
take. I don't. We don't need a dog on Quill's take. Quill's great. No, I'm not. I'm not blaming Quill. Uh, I feel bad that I brought him in last call of the night after all the others that I did. Well, apparently, uh, I mean, I, I would assume like he feels like shit. He feels like shit that he got benched and that they're losing because he probably feels like he could do better. I'm sure. Yeah. He probably feels like they'd be winning if he was in. Like I think that's just going to be every player's perspective, though. You know, but Tanner is very resilient. Like he's been through some shit on his teams and gotten back from it. Uh, we were on Fox together, and that was a shithole. That was probably the worst <laughs> experience for a player to ever have working on a team. Um, and he like came back from that and recovered. He ended up going to Worlds with Clutch, and then got kicked. Ended up having to like restart all over again. Like he's resilient, so like he'll be fine. I know Tanner like really believes in himself and has a really good uh really good mentality towards getting back from this stuff. But I'm sure he feels like shit that it happened. I mean, I'm just worried. I, what I don't want is him to become the next Golden Glue. And that's a little bit what, about what I worry about, is that DeMonte has had these really high highs, and, and, and the community seems to really like him, and yet he seems to struggle a lot. With Like last year during this time, he was not on a team. This year during this time, he's not on a team. Uh, and I just worry a little bit for him because – I'd be really sad if somebody who I, I think he's fun to watch, you know, he's he's a native North American mid laner. He has several memes and fun stuff around him. Like it's it's unfortunate to see him consistently have these struggles and I really hope he can climb out of it. Um, you know, whether or not it's warranted or not, I guess. Yeah, for sure. I actually kind of agree with everything you guys have been saying, like I don't think it's uh, unrealistic that 100 Thieves decided to go with Rioma. And I think also with what Anero was saying in regards to like what DeMonte brings, I think watching him in the Golden Guardians videos from last year, it seems to me like in even following him from Clutch and all these other teams, it seems to me that he kind of brings like a traditional sports captain's like outside of the game like vibe to him. And I think hopefully he doesn't lose that if like obviously we don't know what his mental is 100%. But I really hope that he continues to bring that, whether that's, you know, right now or next split or whatever. Uh, but, yeah, I think he does yeah. have a lot of community support behind him. Yeah, I don't think Tanner will ever lose that. That's just how he is as a person. So I'm, sure I'm worried. What, what does he do if, like, like let's say the, the players on 100T are just really about Ryoma, which they seem to be. Like, I hope I hope he ends up playing on a team in summer um, because that would be really unfortunate if he's not, but it feels how much do you like a blaze all of an arrow? God. <laughs> Welcome back. <laughs> Welcome back. Welcome Come back. On, Tanner. <laughs> yeah. I don't think that one's happening. Boss. He's an Academy. Who knows what they'll do. I don't know the if I these wants to send anyone out of Academy. He's an he's an academy jail. Is that what I'm hearing? An arrow. It's on a contract, bro. You're gonna break him out or what? <laughs> I mean, I, that's, I, we're asking you if get, you're gonna you break get, him you out. I guess you can, his contract, Travis. You guys can't. You guys can't afford the heist um, to get him out of out of academy prison. Um, oh, that, I mean, it is an interesting point, by the way. You have, like, I mean, who? If it is true that you have all these academy players who people that teams are going to want some sort of um buyout for 
And the teams that we have right now are like the big spenders that are spending like per perks and folks like that. And you have the uh, folks who are not interested, like are looking for more rookie rosters. It's a, it's a really interesting challenge for somebody like DeMonte, I think, to end up to, to escape Academy prison. For sure, bro. For sure. True. Okay. Well, thanks. I guess that ends that conversation. Yeah, I no, know, you guys. That... Go ahead. No, I was just saying, you guys talked a lot about 100 Thieves, so I appreciate the, uh, the insight on this. Yeah. Uh, thanks so much, Quill, for the interview. Or, sorry, for the interview. For the call. I don't know. I'm losing my mind. Hang on my own interview? That's crazy. It's Dude, the end that... of the night. The reason I, I didn't have a follow-up to what you said was because, I, I mean, no offense, I felt like you were speaking at half speed there, Travis, on that last point. I was like... Yeah, I got a what, phone call. What did you even say? <laughs> Somebody's trying to come in and deliver something, and I got a phone call. I got distracted. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> you're like, I like, you I was like trying to finish my point yeah. while also like answering the phone to buzz the person in so they can pick up the thing from like the front of my apartment. I apologize, everyone. No, you're good. It was just funny because I was like, <laughs> you clearly. Had my point is, I'm I'm really worried for Demonte because it feels like it's gonna be hard for teams to want to yep. be able to spend the money yep. to get him buy out. Yep. There. Yep. Quill, anything you want to shout out? Uh, yeah, my boys in TIA. And thanks for having me on. Very good. Thanks so much for the call. Of course. I'm good now, y'all. Yeah. Hey, before we wrap the show, we didn't really get like a call about the TSM and TL match, um, which I think obviously had we talked a lot TL, of... TSM versus EG. Yeah, no, well, we, we talked about TSM versus TL, which is actually like a really good series, I thought. Yeah. Oh, I, I you mean gone. like either way this Even past like week hindsight yeah yeah okay yeah. i thought sorry i, so thought I just wanted spoke. to add this in jordan if you're doing the topics feel free to list this as a timestamp. but what did you guys think of the tsmtl match i mean an arrow it sounds like you said you thought it was really good i mean, tsm obviously could have won the first game um like i mean they had some unfortunate situations and they kind of just lost off that play where they got wiped and lost baron everything after they had just used everything to break their base kind of blue for them but i think they could have won the game uh i don't know they they could have yeah and they could have won game two as well they had a really shitty 3v3 around bottom that was just played pretty unfortunately could have easily won that game but i don't know it, it was a pretty close game and it could have been or a pretty close series and I think it could have gone TSM's way. So I'm, I'm kind of just looking to see TSM through loser's bracket and see how they do. Because I think uh, TL's not that infallible. I think C9 is like clearly the the better team from everyone. Um, but TSM versus TL is pretty close. And I, I kind of want to see that one again and see what happens. But I still thought TL played really well. It so just you wasn't think C9 that will beat TL? I think C9 just wins. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah, I thought the uh, the series was fun to watch. I, I enjoyed it. I was watching on my couch that day. Um, I think TSM did you know kind of throw in a lot of ways, but I thought I thought TL uh, was pretty clearly the better team. I, I appreciated uh, their drafts a little bit more. Um, and the different styles that they could play. I thought Jensen played really well that weekend after I was, I was definitely a little critical of him this split. 
I always really liked Jensen, um, and I thought uh, he was not as good as he usually was. But then this game, this series was pretty much peak Jensen. I thought he looked really good. So it uh, made me really revitalize that, like, okay, Alfare slamming, Jensen slamming, uh, Tactical had two good games on the Jin game and the Sivir game. Uh, the Triss game was still a little sus, but okay, maybe that's maybe that's just a Triss Malphite problem. And then I thought Santorum was pretty good as well. So oh, overall, I thought they all looked good. Um, I don't think that they are so insanely good that if they play poorly against TSM for a series, that that like you know they're still going to win. I, I think they they have to play well, but um, it did make me more hyped for their level heading into the C9 matchup. There you go. Uh, well, I'm excited to see how it goes. I, again, like I stand, I stand by my statement of this weekend is a little resident sleeper unless something crazy happens. But maybe, maybe the games will deliver, and I'll be completely wrong. Um, Travis, you just hate league. That's that just it, man. Not you just true. hate league. So put me in that bucket too. Give me out. Travis, it's because a hundred thieves dig. They don't have enough Twitter followers for you. Yes. Like, Whoever wins on that, you're like, fuck, who do I interview? That's who what I was I saying. You don't, you don't care about anything else about the game. You look at the Twitter followers. Here's yeah. the problem. People will actually believe what you guys are saying and well, like repeat this on Reddit or in YouTube comments, and then it will actually become a thing. That happens with everything, Travis. Why do you care? Why do you care um, about Reddit? I also feel like the amount of times and the amount of troll shit that comes out of my mouth about you, I have almost never seen regurgitated about you. But I have seen the things that you say about me that are that troll. is true. I will say, uh, when I always I say see that I'm getting fired by Riot or I'm yes. quitting Riot because of shit that you say. Also, Travis, you control the narrative. You could just cut out me saying that. You could just beep it the whole time and upload or you the video. Could cut it together. Can we cut together for social some shit that Anero said that just actually slams his own players or something? Like you know how he's talking about like it's the coach's job to just just off. ruin me. Yeah, just just totally butcher that segment where he's. Blaming Niles and all the all the other people on, on the team. Yeah, just make it someone blaming. That'd be good, <laughs> Travis. Just get back at me. You're the journalist here. And then delete any other evidence. Yeah. Well, that's the show. Uh, yeah. Mark, you got any shout-outs, plugs, anything you want to throw out there? Uh, no. I, uh, I was doing TFT uh, stuff with Kobe, and... That ended right when playoffs ended. So now my Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursdays, and Fridays have just fucking opened up. So I'm probably going to yeah. lose my mind. Last Friday was really weird to just have the day. Um, it's like really strange the way that the LCS schedule has I went. I went from like a day and a half off to four days off in the middle. And I'm like, whoa, <laughs> yeah. what the fuck do I do? Yeah. Uh, an arrow? Amen. What do you got for us? Shoutouts, plugs, anything? Uh, nah, not really. No shoutouts. I don't think I've ever really said anything for your shoutouts. I'm just like, hey, no, you I think usually talk about Golden Guardians. I'm on Discord. I think you Appreciate your shoutouts every time. I do what? You int your shoutouts every time. I int them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, you usually talk about Golden, you usually shout out Golden Guardians. I feel like. Shout out my org okay. again. Shout out your Oast boys. Shout out all your boys. All your yeah. brothers yeah, yeah, yeah. from down under. Nah. <laughs> Everything's good. Everything's chill. I'm enjoying life. Thanks for the invite, Travis. Yeah. 
Thanks thank for the you, GG Thank Discord. you for coming on, even though you're there. on vacation. Appreciate it. That's very no generous. problem, man. Uh, so we had a conversation on the show about POE and perks and who deserved to get the first all pro for mid. And what I should have said at the time, and I didn't say then, but I'll say now, is that that is actually what Run It is about this week. So we're going to do a, a comparison of the two players and talk about sort of their their results. And Tim will have some sort of conclusion, which I will not spoil, but folks can go check that out. Uh, and I have a, a Perks interview that I will air after the stream. I'll do some smaller sub-goal around it. And uh, yeah, so stick around, everybody. Should be a good one. Perks actually complains a lot about something. Uh, he's pretty upset. I think it's going to start a conversation. I actually what is it? Tell me it. so we can start to hype it because just he complains Let's a lot. Just talk about it now, Travis. Yeah. Uh, he does not appreciate that the that North America is playing playoffs on a patch that is one patch behind the rest of the regions for their playoffs. Hmm. He also doesn't Wait, like the schedule. Are we, on? are we not playing on eleven six? No, you guys are on eleven five. And the That's rest weird. of the world are playing their playoffs in 11-6. And so he's like, we're going to show up at MSI and we'll have just played like on this Maybe ancient patch. Maybe teams complained about it again. Because that's what happened before. Just complained to play on a different patch. Well, I feel like that's one of those things that Riot can probably be pretty flexible on. It's just be like, well, we don't really... F it's your league as long as everyone agrees, you know? Uh, well, we'll see if this interview sparks the revolution that... Playoffs will suddenly, or, you know, MSS will suddenly switch to a different patch. Uh, Kelsey Moser in the chat says, Probing Grounds playing on 11.6. Ha, 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 get wrecked. We're literally behind the curve for Probing Grounds. Probing? Probing Grounds. It's like pro. You just saw pro. Yeah. I'm going I'm to probe that you're an idiot, an arrow. That's what I'm going to probe. Fuck. <laughs> Please, dude, don't probe me. See you, Travis. This has been a good episode. I can't wait for proving, Later now. <laughs> proving to come back. Um, anyway. Oh, yeah, uh, is Probe coming back, Travis? Do you know? You're a reporter. You report on things. Can you I dive assume, deep into that? I assume at some point in time they're going to bring it back. I mean, the only reason it went away was because of COVID. So. Like, we have, we have cameras that are, like, feeding, you know, to riot through, like, a pie or whatever. Can we not do the same thing? I don't know anything about technology. I mean, my only concern is I don't know I how much people were actually paying for the service last time. So it did not seem like it was a widely popular, successful service. That was the vibe that I got. So I, I that's mean, my only concern. Loved is like, it. Here's what you do. You keep it, but you jack the price up so it's super high and force teams to pay for it. So it's the circular funnel where like teams get money for being a part of your league, but then you charge them to use... Oh, yeah. I yeah. don't know how embe embezzlement works, but maybe we can make this happen. I think, I think teams and are I'll really happy would be really happy to give money to Riot right now. That's the sense I get, uh, is that teams would be thrilled to just... Let me out. Can me. I leave? Am I out of jail? You've continued the show. I, I mentioned the perks no, thing. Mark, and you, you said you want to talk about it now. Leave, thanks, good, thanks good Mark. I'll, I'll see you later. See you. This has been it's Hotline been League, episode 166. All right, later, Travis. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> see you. See you, man. Have a good thanks one. Thanks for coming on.